go and top that. Such a waste of pretty face, but hanging in your nose face. I wish that you would take a look and really stop that. Top that. Well, stop that. I don't really give up about trying to top that. Top that. Stop that. I wish you finally take a real look and really stop that. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Top That, your favorite weekly podcast where we discuss a variety of topics, usually in list form. Uh, We dabble in all all sorts of categories, ranging from pop culture, current events. Uh, Sometimes we do not list form, sometimes we do drawing out of a hat or like an improv episode. Um, It's always fun though. My name is Sabrina, I'm here always with my little brother Derek. I am very hungover. And his roommate and my very good friend, Nate. I am not hungover. I am also not hungover, but I am rarely hungover. But y- if you can tell, my voice is a little raspy. Did it? We did some partying last night. We did some good partying last night. Yeah, it was our very good friend Jacob's 30th birthday. We did some blowout 30th birthday partying last night. Got him a party bus on the low. Surprised him with the party bus. We had it for five hours. That felt like 20 minutes. Yes. Seven to 11. Uh, four hours. Well, well, we paid for four hours, then we added another hour onto it. Five hours. So we were there five hours. We drove around Portland. We had this wonderful hostess, Tammy. Y'all know Tammy. Yeah. Um, she drove us around to a few bars. We ended up going to the casino, which is where Jacob really wanted to go. It was a fun night. Did a lot of dancing, a lot of yelling. Lots of yelling. Yeah. It's good yelling. It was a very good time. It was all right yelling. I think you've played out the yar. <laughs> right. Derek was a pirate the whole time. Uh, Just go to yell. Yeah. Um, you can, if you're following us on Instagram, you might have seen some photos from the night. And that's at Top That Dude on Instagram. It's T-O-P-T-H-A-T-D-U-D-E. You can also find us on Facebook uh, for the Boomer Crowd. Uh, same spelling, same stuff. We we have it linked up to our Instagram, so it's the same exact stuff you see there. Okay, Boomer. Right. <laughs> that phrase is getting thrown around just willy-nilly. These it's fantastic. It's, it's crazy how upset people are getting getting called Boomer like it's that. It's hilarious. I saw something where uh, someone was comparing boomer to being the N-word for old people. And how far of a reach that is, is outstanding. The perfect, uh, who's the comedian that does the joke? It had that clip from the article of boomers, the new N-word. And Uh then right under it said, if you have two words and you won't even say one of them, that's the worst word. Right. <laughs> exactly. It's so true. It's so true. It's so funny how sensitive that they all get from that. Who's if, the guy from Big Mouth that plays the Jewy guy with glasses? Nick Kroll? Nope. The other one. Um, he I plays the friend. The curly head, redhead friend. Ugh, I'll look it up. Keep going. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> I just I think it's really funny that all of a sudden like the the whole boomer generation is getting shit on after the majority of people have been shitting on millennials for quite a while. <laughs> and granted there are there are pluses and minuses in every group of people, age included. There are a lot of lazy millennials out there and a lot of people that it's hard to relate to. But there are some really good humans in there too. We're all millennials. We're not total bags of shit. I know a lot of people that are millennials that are not bags of shit. But they talk uh, about a lot of people. Millennials are the good generation. <laughs> We're elder millennials too. John Mulaney. That's his joke. What? That one that I said. Oh, okay. The, if you have two words and you won't even say one of them. Right, right, right. John Mulaney. Yeah. That's a great I almost joke. said John Mulaney, but I didn't know. I think I got thrown off by like the glasses and the curly hair. Because I think. Well, that was the character. Right. But yes. When they do the, the their show with just the two of them. Um, yeah. Well, I guess we should just get into our list this week. Uh, Derek, you want to tell everybody what list we're doing? Yeah, we're going to do our top 80s comedy movies. Top five 80s comedies. So if you've been listening, we recently did our top five 90s comedies. And we all came to the consensus that consensus that the 90s were a very golden era for movies. Lots of material there. I don't know about you guys, but when I was looking at 80s comedies, I thought this was going to be like a, you know, easy slam dunk. But it was a little more difficult than I thought. Oh, I'm the opposite. Oh. Yeah, I thought this was an easy slam dunk. Nice. This was hard for I me. I feel like I have a, I have a hunch on a movie that I think is going to be on your list, but I'm going to wait and see. Um, Derek and I obviously grew up in the same household, so I feel like this might be a challenge on having the same 80s movies. Our dad was very into showing us a lot of certain movies that he was really into. And he was a teenager in the 80s. There was a lot of movies that he really liked. So we might have a lot of the same on our list, but we kind of discussed that that was a possibility. I have a couple fill-ins. Okay. Yeah. I got one too. Very good. Well, who wants to go first? I'll do it. All right. Nate. What's your number five? My number five and somewhat topical is A Christmas Story. Oh. Very nice. That movie is hilarious. It's a uh, cult classic for the Christmas crowd. Uh, yeah, and I don't even think it's moving into cult anymore. I mean, TBS plays it 24 hours That's Christmas Day for the last five, ten years. I feel like, um, and this is just my opinion, I feel like people who have their one Christmas movie are very hardcore about that Christmas movie. And a Christmas story has got a huge major fan base. I feel like home alone is in that too. Die hard. I think is in that too. Like die hard is my Christmas. movie, Right. There are people that that's their Christmas movie. And a Christmas story is so popular can, with this being, your, I don't know what's ahead in your list, but can I assume that this is your Christmas movie? I don't know that I have one. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it is. I watch a lot of Christmas. Like, yeah. I'd almost say The Nightmare Before Christmas is my Christmas movie. Yeah. I love that movie. That's a good Perfect. one. Um, Brina, Very into musicals. 
Yeah. Home Alone's fine. Home Alone. I, it's, I have a very 1A, 1B. Uh, Die Hard is 1A, and then Bad Santa's 1B. Oh, Bad Santa's good. But let's talk about a Christmas story. Yeah. You guys ever seen Jingle All the Way? I've only seen parts of it, and it, the only parts I've seen have made me laugh so much. I have. It's, it's fantastic. It's seeing Arnold in that role. And Sinbad. And Sinbad. Yeah. They're fighting over Grab that shoes, doll. Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get you jacked up. Uh, but a Christmas story, it, it is those one of those classic Christmas movies, but I see so much of like, there's pieces of my grandparents and the parents. There's pieces of my parents and the parents. There's a piece pieces of like me I can see in the in the kid as like when he's writing the theme calls it a theme it's basically just an essay about that's I'm I'm not gonna stop him because he does it the entire time if you hear a noise like that that's my cat knocking my vitamin bottles off my counter he's been so chill this whole day we had a lazy day thus far and now he's decided to be full-blown kitty cat and he's just knocking shit off the counter it's, it's a perfect segue to say we're not quite sponsored yet into a studio that's my alarm clock every single day so <laughs> time to wake up <laughs> yeah it it doesn't stop i don't know how to stop him we're just gonna live through it yeah so for all of our listeners if you hear a loud crash and then us pausing that's the cat <laughs> And it's us looking at the cat as he looks back at us. Exactly. But anyway, as I was saying, he's writing his theme or essay, whatever you call it, about the Red Rider BB gun. And he just starts daydreaming about how his teacher is going to find this. This is the perfect essay. And oh, my God, you do need a Red Rider BB gun. And like I used to do that. I still do that in situations of you think about one thing that you want to do. And you're like, oh, think about all the good things that could happen. And also think about all the bad things that could happen. (laughs) But I just see so much of like my grandparents on my mom's side were the type that my grandma, whenever I wanted to visit as a kid, she'd sit upstairs listening to jazz, drinking wine. I'm told that when they were younger and my grandpa was still alive, every day when he came home after work, they'd have two dry martinis together and just hang out. And I just see so much of it in the parents and how they, and it's a funny movie. I I remember you saying that before that, that movie reminded you of your grandparents and like certain sides of your family. So it's a, such a funny movie. It's such a, and it, I feel like you can relate to at least one piece of it. Like, right. When he's helping his dad and he's like, I saw all the bolts go up in the air. Oh, (laughs) only I didn't say fudge. It's so good. The whole, the bunny suit, getting a gift that you don't want. Yeah. And just having to like suffer through it and, be grateful. The way she gets the little kid to eat his potato, like keep eating. Who's my little piggy? Oh my god! <laughs> there's it's so much about there's so much doing? about the fucking holidays I despise, and having to sit through that family shit. It just that almost triggers me. Derek hates the holidays. Derek is the Grinch. I love the holidays. I love the holidays. I'm I'm not the Grinch 
I just like if the Grinch w- wasn't a movie and he just kind of like did his own thing. <laughs> that so there, the Grinch, but without a movie, right? If there were no holidays, Derek would be happy. There'd be nothing to ditch out on. I fucking love Halloween. <laughs> Because it's just a party Halloween. You can dress up like a party and yell yar. <laughs> yar. I hate the holidays because it was like I was very self-conscious of my smile when I was little. And then like our step grandpa was like, all right, smile with your like presents we just gave you on camera. And you and Anthony would be behind Ray like, oh, look at him. He's about to smile. And I was like five. And then, like, I was like, I don't want to do it. They're making fun of me. And he's like, fucking smile. <laughs> There's no way that Ray said fucking smile. Uh, yeah, okay. Maybe he didn't say that, but, you know. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. Derek's triggered. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Christmas story Christmas is hilarious. Christmas story. That's a good I one. See, I feel like everyone who has one leg in this world has dressed up like that lamp for Halloween. It's Ooh. a lamp. It's a beautiful lamp. Turn Fra- off all the other lights. I want to see how it looks from the street. <laughs> Fragile. I think it's Italian. <laughs> I think that says fragile. That's a good movie. It's a classic movie. Oh, it's fantastic. Very topical since we're in the season now. Yeah, I figured that's why I start with that. And yeah. This is number five. Very good. Um, I guess I will go next. Um, my number five is topical in the sense that it was partial inspiration for our podcast. And that is the movie Teen Witch. So for those of you who don't know, our intro song is the rap from Teen Witch called Top That. Let's call it by its proper. It's a rap battle. It's a, it is a rap battle. It's like a rap and a dance battle. But this movie would come on TV. It was like a made-for-TV movie. And it would come on very seldomly. And Anthony and I would catch it. And I loved when it came on. I loved catching it. I've never seen this. It's so funny because it's so corny and so 80s. So the main... I've, I've read that this is the basis for 8 Mile. Teen Witch? Yeah. Are you, you're so up your asses. Um, I'm not coming to Christmas. I, I already know that. Um, Blake Lively's older sister, Robin Lively, is the main character in it. And she stumbles upon the, her family history somehow and learns that she is from a long line of witches. And on her 16th birthday, she gains all these powers. And so you see her, her 16th birthday happens, all these powers come in and she wants to be the popular girl. She wants to win the heart of the hunk in school. She is kind of a dork beforehand and all this stuff happens and it's all magical and so terribly, painfully 80s, but it's so good. It's like a guilty pleasure of mine. It's so entertaining. So if you want to watch it, be prepared that it is so, it's not a great movie by any means, but it's very entertaining to me and it makes me laugh, but it's on Amazon Prime. So if you have Prime, go on, watch the videos. It's on there under Teen Witch. And that's where you can watch the video of where this song comes from, our intro song. 
Yeah, exactly. It's so top good. that. Right. It's so good and it's so corny. I see. I've seen the the clip from the rap and the the MC Hammer pants dudes are they're, the worst. Oh, they're terrible. They're all dressed in these very. They're all in different weird outfits. One's wearing like a wife beater and suspenders and like a newsboy cap, I think. Another one's got uh, hammer pants in a vest, so he kind of looks like Aladdin yeah, a little bit. He, I think he's got like a kind of like a, like a little bit of a Jerry curl, but looks like AC Slater. Right, right, like a low budget AC Slater. Yeah, like DC Slater. <laughs> a B Slater. Yeah. Um, and the girl that does that does the battle with him. She's kind of dressed up like, um, uh, what was that show with the girl and her brother was Joey, Lo- Joey Lawrence Blossom Blossom. Yeah. 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 She's kind of dressed like Blossom with that weird hat. She had curly Jewy hair. She kind of looked like a dork. It's Anyways, just, it's a funny movie. I recommend it. It's a guilty pleasure of mine, but it was 1989 was a great year. That was one. What? I'm looking at these outfits. What are these outfits? <laughs> right. They're pretty bad. <laughs> the main guy has like a Canadian tuxedo with like a string uh, tank top underneath. Oh, I love it. 80s style was so ridiculous. And that's a, there's another part in the movie where she gets some like alone time with the the heartthrob of the school. Ugh. So Talk good. that. Um and he all he he's wearing like these ridiculously tight jeans, and then all of a sudden he they're in like this abandoned house, and he just like all of a sudden has his shirt off, like just running around a house with this teen girl with his shirt off and tight jeans. That doesn't jeans. happen to you, <laughs> No, I guess I'm not that cool. It happens all the time here, <laughs> right? Shirt's just popping off. <sighs> Everybody's popping off. Um, and that's the thing of it. It's like you're in a community because everybody <laughs> else around you is popping off. It's so good. Again, highly recommend it. Check it out on Amazon Prime. Teen Witch. Top that. More like teen bitch. Yeah. Ooh, burn. Man, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Larry. Derek, what's your five? <laughs> do, do, do. <laughs> Our number five is Coming to America. Oh, I almost put this on mine. Coming to America. I love 80s Eddie Murphy. <sighs> the royal That's penis is clean. Eddie Murphy. Thank you. I didn't know what that was for a while. The, the royal, royal peni? So, Ludacris has his album called Word of Mouth. It's uh, where, like, Move Bitch Get Out the Way came from. And his intro is a soundbite from that. And it's the royal penis clean, your highness. And then mm. he goes, thank you, king shit, or something like that. And I was just like, whenever someone would say them, like, okay, you're referencing Ludacris. That's weird. <laughs> you didn't know that was coming. No, I didn't know that for the longest time. Arsenio he, Hall's his Arsenio's buddy, right? sidekick. Yeah. yeah. And uh, what's his face is the dad. Uh, James, James Earl Jones. Jones. That's the one. Yeah, yep. Who plays, That's it. Who plays the mom? 
Mm, she big name? I can't remember. Let's it's look. not sticking T- out talk in my about mind. It, I'll find yeah. out. It's talk amongst yourselves. The whole like they it's not McDonald's, but McDonald's. Right. How they got away with that. <laughs> I, I don't know. This was before the clumps. The Nutty Professor. Way before. And he played like nine roles in this movie. Right. Where he was like the bartender. Not the bartender, but the the uh, the barber. Yeah. And then like six people at the barbershop. Right. And then he was Mr. Randy Watson from Sexual Chocolate. <laughs> what? Um, so explain the premise of that movie. I haven't seen that movie in forever. He's Prince. They're royalty, Amanda. right? And he so, but he comes to America and he's like all jacked up about everything there. He's the Prince of Zamunda, uh, and very wealthy. His parents are setting him up with a girl, and he realizes the girls will do whatever he says. And he's kind of not into that. He wants to find a real girl. Yeah. So he tells his best friend, Arsenio Hall, let's go to America. They land in Brooklyn. And it's like 80s Brooklyn. Um, and he's got like a heart of gold. And he's trying to find like his future wife. And that's what the movie's about. It's good. He's so excitable. Yeah. Like he loves everything. Yeah. Madge Sinclair was the mom. What else was she in? I don't know. That's Oh, that's just. The only other thing I would know her from, so she's the mom in this, James Earl Jones is the dad. Right. Lion King, James Earl Jones is Mufasa, uh-huh. Madge is Sarabi. Shut up. I swear. Shut uh. up, baby dick. <laughs> That's nice. That yeah. is very nice. Do you think they saw each other in the uh, like recording booth for the first time and it was just like, James, you look good. Come here. Madge. I didn't know you were going to be on this. She was also in Roots. <laughs> oh, that's an old movie. Match hated that. Yeah, <laughs> she's uh, her her picture on here is black and white. Oh, dang. She was on Me and the Boys, a movie called Convoy. I have been, um, so if you guys follow my, my personal Instagram, I post a lot in stories of old, photos of old celebrities and play lots of old music to him. I've been finding old photos of James Earl Jones and he was young and I love them because to me, he just looks like a, just a sweet old man, but seeing him young and it just reminds me of that excitable, um, Sandlot character when he gets all excited playing or talking about the stories of Babe Ruth. George? Yeah. Uh, she looks pretty cool. She's got some cool old photos. Oh, yeah. Power. Get it, girl? Yeah. Madge yeah. Sinclair. Madge. I like that name. Madge, if you're listening, we're talking about you. Madge, chime in. Yeah. Looks like she was on Star Trek at some point, too. Ooh. Did a lot with James Earl Jones. Nice. Ah, oh, I love him. He just looks like, like a, a grandpa from day one. Looks like a teddy bear. Right. Love me some James Earl Jones. Coming to America. My number five. Very good. Name. My number four. It's from a little guy that we've talked about a couple times. He's no longer with us. And that's John Candy in Uncle Buck. Ah. 
I love this movie. I'm not surprised. I've heard you talk about this numerous times. Uh, my dad showed it to me. And it's one of those movies. I think John Candy is hilarious. I think his type of comedy where it's kind of stupid comedy, but incredibly deadpan and serious at the same time kills me. Yeah. And there's certain scenes in that movie, like when he goes to pick up the daughter at the park and her boyfriend is there. Hey, bug. How you doing? I got a hatchet in the car. You want to see it? Oh, my God. Here it is. <laughs> he drills through the lock in the home when it's when it's when she locks the door on him. He gets what? a drill. and So explain the premise of Uncle Buck. The premise is uh, Uncle Buck is an uncle to three kids. It's, I don't know who, what order they're in, but it's an older boy and daughter and then a younger daughter. I don't know why the parents are gone. Oh, and he I comes think, in to like babysit them, right? Yeah. I think someone's, something's going on with someone in a different place, like not good, like someone's sick or dying or something. That's right. They get a call in the middle of the night and someone's parent is like sick or something. Yes. And yeah. so the only person that is able to babysit is this Uncle Buck. Right. And before he gets there, they play it up as like he's the kind of loser, like, doesn't have his life together, weird on schmuck of a guy. Exactly. And he shows up, it's John Candy, and he ends up being one of the best babysitters you could ever have. Um, constantly watching over the kids. One of the funniest scenes, I think, in a movie is when he goes down to the principal's office because one of them gets in trouble, and the principal has a fat mole on her head, on her face, and he... Is mole, very, mole, mole, mole. Yeah, he's very respectful for most of the conversation and then she says something about the kid and like is just going in on the kid and he eventually snaps and as he's walking out he starts going in on her and he pulls out a quarter and he flicks it to her he goes here take this go downtown and pay a rat to gnaw that thing off your face oh my god and it's just the way he delivers it and the way he like pulls the quarter out and flicks it to her. It's fantastic. Can you imagine saying that to somebody? Uh, there's a couple things that I've heard from people that I would like, I wish I get into a situation where I can say this. That's one of them. That's amazing. Another one is what Jerry Seinfeld says to a telemarketer when he calls him. What does he say? The guy calls him and he answers and he goes, Hey, how can I help you? And you know, he, does his whole hey i'm from whatever right. he goes oh you know what i'm busy right now uh let me get your number and i'll call you back later he's like uh we don't really do that sir he goes oh you probably don't like people calling you at home huh he goes yeah not really he goes good now you know how i feel and hangs <laughs> up the phone <laughs> perfect one of my friends um when telemarkers would call their house and people would start getting uh, caller ID and you knew it was some sort of telemarketer she would get all excited because she would answer the phone and start asking him questions like hey how's your day going and like what'd you do today and she'd start telling him about their day and they would just be so confused she got such a kick out of it it was so funny I miss the day where telemarketers wouldn't call your cell phone yeah I get I get robocalls constantly constantly all the time yeah it's always it's almost always from the east coast too for me I'm getting a lot from San Diego. 
Oh. Like they're getting smarter. I get a lot from Astoria. I got one from Mobbin. I get some from Astoria too. I got one from like United Arab Emirates. Yes, <laughs> from the UAE. Just trying to fucking get you. Right. And I'm like, okay, Mobbin, very good. You almost got me there. Right. <laughs> Rooster, is that you? Yeah. Um, Next time you should probably answer because that Saudi Prince stuff. We could be sitting on a couple mil. Right. You send him like a grand. Stay a sucker. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing money away. Right, exactly. Um, I love John Candy. What's that other movie that he was in with Dan Aykroyd where they're brothers? Is that on, on your list? Great Outdoors. Yeah. Is that on your list or no? It's not. I oh, okay. almost... It was... I had to decide between a couple... Because Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, that's another one. Yeah. But the great outdoors is fantastic. Right, I they're love brothers, that. and they both go on a trip to the same cabin with all their families. Right, and they're like well, opposites. Yeah, doesn't John Candy is all excited? He's like a very humble man and has a very wholesome family, and he kind of doesn't want his brother to come. Or no, no, no. I think John Candy very much wants. I don't think Dan Aykroyd and his family, because Dan Aykroyd is like they're very like pompous and like arrogant. I don't know if he's a Wall Street guy, but that type of mentality. Yeah, he's. I got a lot of money. He almost like a car salesman, sort of like slick and like pulling fast ones and lying. And my life is great. I'm not gonna. I don't camp. Right, and the kids are brats. Yeah, yeah. And then they end up loving it. Right. The bear. It's a great movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. R.I.P. John Candy. R.I.P. Yeah. Cool Runnings. So good. Another great part of Uncle Buck, before we move on, is when he makes the giant pancakes for the girl's birthday. Nice. Yeah. She wakes up and she doesn't think anybody remembers it's her birthday. And like she goes and talks to her brother. He doesn't say anything. Talks to the sister. He doesn't say anything. She goes down all sad and she goes into the kitchen and John Candy has it decked out and he's making literally like table-sized pancakes with a snow shovel and i forget how he's cooking them that's awesome but she loses her mind that's awesome he didn't forget he didn't forget that's a big ass pancake right yeah uncle buck if you haven't seen it go check it out uncle buck uh my number four is it's a sequel in most sequels I feel like don't fall into any favorite categories for anybody, but Ghostbusters 2. Oh. And I love Ghostbusters 1, but I like Ghostbusters 2 just a little bit more. I feel like I watched this movie a lot more than I did the first one. The characters are established. You know who they are. Bill Murray turns it up a little bit more in this one. The whole Vigo thing with the painting. Is that 2? Yeah. Okay. I thought that was one. No, one is with uh, Zool and the dogs in the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. I mixed those because I thought the dogs and Vigo were the same one. No, no, no. So the gatekeeper is one. Yes, yes. Okay. Zool, gatekeeper, and then they both turn into the dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then they pick the god or pick the you know form, and he does Stay Puft Marshmallow. The second one, uh, the weird little assistant guy gets possessed first. They steal the baby. Vigo comes alive in the painting. The and the 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 pink slime is underneath the city. And then they do they positive they positively charge the slime and spray the inside of the Statue of Liberty. 
And then they, they like control her and start walking with her and bust into the freaking museum. I love that. With movie. music. Right, right. Right. Music's the trigger. Uh, it's yeah. It's They put the music on and it's all just positive energy. And so then like you see all the people um, in New York, they're all like surrounding the, the whole museum because it's covered in slime. So it's like big spectacle and they're all start singing like some freaking song. So the lady Liberty is just fucking moving and jamming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just walking through the city and then bust through with her torch. Mm-hmm. I remember all this now. Yeah. Did Bobby Brown do the soundtrack for both movies? Um, I don't know. I feel like, I can't remember, but that song was so good. His version of the Ghostbusters. Yeah. Ray Parker Jr. did that. Um, the, like the actual Ghostbusters theme, but the one, the Bobby Brown song was so good. Um, yeah. On our own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Have you guys seen the newest Ghostbusters? I s- I've seen most of it. I think I saw like the latter half. Like the all-female one? Yeah. I didn't see it. It's not great. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I didn't. I felt very indifferent on it. I like I all those like, characters, but right. That's what I was just gonna say. I feel like whoever wrote it, maybe directed, whoever was in charge of sh- telling them how to do the jokes and whatnot, because the characters were pretty good. Right. It's the most I think I've liked Leslie Jones. Yeah, I borderline didn't really like her character in that, it, just because I felt like it was her like a lot of yelling. So I don't know. I know that I'm just repeating what other people have already said, but like taking a concept that Hollywood's already done and throwing women into the roles, I'm not in love with it. Like I'm not saying I don't love forcing them into the roles. Right. Like Ocean's eight or Ghostbusters all female, like do something original. It's not like I won't watch it. It's not like I don't want to see it because I do want to see it. I love all the actresses in Ocean's 8. I love all the actresses in the new Ghostbusters. Right. And just like a new concept. that idea. Right. The, the crew in the new Ghostbusters, I would love to see them in like a good funny movie. Right. Right. The character that Kate McKinnon plays is so funny to me. She's gold in everything. Everything. It's so good. There's a movie that she came out with that I never saw. It looks like a, like almost like a hangover gone bad. Seen it. And she's got like a little Australian accent, like just a little sexy like thing. Uh, Rose Byrne is also in that. Okay. Is, is that she? right? Because I know she's in Bridesmaids. Maybe it's not Rose Byrne. There's a big player that's the main girl. What's that called? She did a movie with Mila Kunis. Um, but that's not like a, I don't think she has a Australian accent. In Where's it. Mila Kunis been? Married to freaking Ashton Kutcher. Yeah. Living their best life. Yeah. She, no, she's just, go ahead. No, you can. No, she's just doing Jack Daniels commercials and Ashton Kutcher's fighting uh, human trafficking. Right. God. Oh, what a Of course, she's couple. doing Family Guy, too. Right. Getting that Family Guy money. Um, what yeah. was that called? You know? Money? Say that again? Movie? The movie you were talking about with Kate McKinnon? Yeah, I don't know what it's called. I'm going to find this because that was a pretty good movie. Was it? Yeah. So they're getting together for, it's either like a birthday or maybe it's a bachelorette party because she's getting married. And Kate McKinnon is like the bat, the party girl, whoever the main party girl is, 
it's like her college best friend that she met like when she traveled to Australia for a term and the other best friend is like her best friend since childhood and she gets really jealous and so they're all partying but they end up killing a dude like there's a whole thing that they get at like they have to try and hide a body and all this shit weird it's hilarious and they're all fucked up yeah is this movie on one of the streaming platforms we have rough night Oh, I've not seen That's it. That's what it's called. Uh, the Mimi Kunis movie is very, with Kate McKinnon yeah. and Mila Kunis is very good as well. Is it? Uh, the Spy Who Dumped yeah, Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I like those cheesy, stupid movies. Right. But, um, but yeah, uh, Ghostbusters 2. I freaking love it. I'm, I mostly love Bill Murray, but, you know. What are you going to say? Nick? I just want to wrap up because yeah. The Rough Night, the cast is really good. Zoe Kravitz is one of the friends. Ugh, love her. Scarlett Johansson is the main girl. Okay. Uh, Kate McKinnon obviously is the friend. She's either friend. Australian or New Zealand. Uh, Jillian Bell, who is Jillian from oh, Workaholics, nice. right, is the childhood friend who gets jealous. And then is it Alana? Alana Glazer. Oh yeah. She's one of the friends as well. I love her. It's pretty good. Jillian's role in uh, Office Party. 22 Jump Street. In what? Is it Office Party? The Christmas. Yeah. 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 Is a movie called Office Party? Yes. Yeah. When she plays the pimp and she's like, when she has a gun, she starts pointing at everyone. I don't know what's going to happen. What? (laughs) What? What? I don't know what's going to happen. She's great. I need more of her. Where is she? I don't know. I don't know. Jillian Bell, chime in. What are you doing these days? Jill, baby. She's really funny. I love her character on Workaholics. She's on that show with uh, the animated Bless the Hearts. Oh. With Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph. Maya Rudolph, yeah. What a squad of ladies. Office Christmas party. There's Christmas in there. You were saying office party. party. It's office Christmas party. That was very underrated. It was. Very uh, underrated. If you guys haven't seen that. She is in Bill and Ted Face the Music. Ah. Tits on a log part three. I can't wait for that to come out. Yeah. Very we go. good. Yeah. Ghostbusters part two. Ghostbusters two. It's my I thought you were four. doing a different sequel, to be honest. What did you think I was doing? Oh, I'm not going to say it because I don't oh. know. Okay. Does anybody have sequels on the Another sequel? I don't have any other sequels, I don't think. No, but three of my movies are have sequels. I'm not going to say it then. I, I have a wanna. flight coming back from Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> Does that help? John Candy. <laughs> right. Derek, Polka what's your King number of... four? Ugh. My number four is Back to the Future. The first one? Yes. All right. We good? Yeah. Okay. That wasn't the sequel I wasn't talking about either. This is one of my favorite movies on the planet, and I'm surprised it landed at number four. But I have three movies I put in front of it, but obviously, if you know how to do basic math. um, This is a movie I I literally, if you're like, you have to watch this for the rest of your life, and it's the only movie you're going to watch, I think I would be okay with that. Wow. Desert Island movie. Yeah. That's a definition of a Desert Island movie. It's a phenomenal movie. 
It's so, so good. Yeah. Rank. Okay. Quickly rank all the back of features. One, three, two. Nate, what do you think? Well, we know what happened with Ghostbusters, so I'm going to... What's the train? Three. What's two? Biff with uh, Donald Trump. Yeah. It's basically number one. I'm thinking now. I'm thinking now. I think I might be Team Derek. One, three, two. Mine's three, one, two. I love the third one. (laughs) Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, I have fallen asleep to yeah. the third one so many times. And you know when the DVD replays like the intro song? Yeah. It's that fucking song they play at the ro- the rodeo roundup thing at the, <laughs> the party. <Yeah. laughs> so, so I wake up in the middle of the night with that That's song just tune. blaring. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should take my $80 out of her. Right. <laughs> He's such a sleazy bastard in the third one. <laughs> it's so funny. Mad dog. I hate that name. I hate that name. The first one is so good, though. Yeah. Uh, it's it's literally the simplest thing ever. It's five characters. It's Marty, Doc, the parents, Biff. That's literally what it is, and it's a genius fucking story. Haven't been there. I think you've told me. Haven't people written like articles about how it's one of the Perfect, it's like perfect movies movie. in terms yeah. of yeah, 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 structurally yeah. and yeah, I've seen those too. As someone who went to film school, that's something that's like just you're never like, oh yeah, I can't wait for my like Back to the Future. I'm gonna write. It's like I can hope I can write something half as good as that. Right? Who, who wrote that? Spielberg. Oh, he he wrote the screenplay. Uh he directed it. I'm not sure who wrote it actually. To be honest with you. I feel like, and I could totally be pulling this out of my ass. I feel like that's a Robert Zemeckis thing. Oh, you but might be right. I don't know. I'm like thinking of the credits and stuff. Me too. Um, There's so many good. Uh, would you call them one-liners? But there is, it, yeah, Robert Zemeckis. What? Nailed it. Yeah. And you got to add an and Bob Gale. Oh, well, can't forget Robert Bob Gale. Gale. Oh, God. But yeah, but Bobby Gale. Bob Zemeckis and Robert Gale. Bob Zemeckis. It's one of those. Bobs. It's one of those movies where you watch it and then you can rewatch it and catch something you missed, and rewatch it again and catch something you missed. And there's just little winks to the future, no pun intended. Like the first time you meet Strickland, and he's like, "I noticed your band was on the the prom ledger. Why even try? No, uh, McFly has." done anything in the history of Hill Valley. Yeah, well, history is about to change. You know, just little shits like that. And that's what we call foreshadowing. And that's <laughs> foreshadowing. You know, it's just like a little smile, like, oh, history is about to change. It he is. Knows. Yeah. The movie's got a good amount of nostalgia, too. It's got a great amount of nostalgia. In terms of, like, even people like people like us that didn't live back in that era... Right. Like, oh man, I wish I could have experienced that. That looks nice. Right. Never. It's going back to that your what number one vacation time travel, you know, going into the fifties. Right. Going I mean, to the soda shop for a soda fountain, you yeah. know, and people were hanging out. I and never sat in a parked car with a boy. Right. <laughs> Talk to the phone with a boy. So funny. How am I gonna ever meet anyone? Oh my this sister. <laughs> Just the worst. 
It'll happen. Just how I met your father. That was so dumb. Grandpa hit him with the car. <laughs> <laughs> the way George McFly laughs is the best. Oh. <laughs> 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 All right, gotta go, Pop. Woo, time to change that oil. Oh, my God. Oh, I don't eat. Yeah, that's good. Chris McGlover, where the fuck are you? Didn't he do um, the Alice in the Wonderlands? The newer ones? He was the uh, guy with the eye patch, the freaky tall guy. Did he? Right? Wasn't he? He played a really He was like creepy the little... George signed this? Right. <laughs> he played a really creepy role in the uh, Charlie's Angels. Not the new oh, one. Oh, I love that one where he, yeah, where he cut the hair off. Yeah, but he would, like, he would have like yeah. a weird scream. Yeah. Yeah. And then he played an equally awesome role in Hot Tub Time Machine. <laughs> I <laughs> love that role. This is where you pay the guy yeah. who carried your stuff. That's so good. I will not tell you again. <laughs> um, just a brief touchback on Charlie's Angels. That same movie with him... Uh, the villain, who's the guy that um, he plays uh, the bad guy in Green Mile? I can never remember his fucking Percy name. Percy Wetmore? No, no, no. The the guy, the murderer guy. S- uh, Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell, yeah. He's one of the bad guys in there. And yeah. he does that little dance when he puts on the music. Oh, so. absolutely. Someone was talking about the new Charlie's Angels, and they're like, it's not going to be Charlie's Angels without something. I can't remember what the first thing was. And Sam Rockwell's dance. Right, right. It's so good. But yeah, Chris McCover in Hot Tub Time Machine is so good. He, uh, I think he played a different, there's like a B horror movie called Wilbur or something like that. Willow? Willard. Willard with the rats. Yeah. He's like the rat king. What? Yeah. yeah, have you? Did you not remember this? No, I never saw it, but I still remember it. Yeah, I remember the cover. Willard. Yeah, he like. I obviously I don't know what happens, but he's got something to do with like he can control rats and stuff. So I've read in interviews that he's like your friends or something. Spielberg. Uh, there were plans to use Crispin Glover in the second and the third movies, but Crispin Glover wanted too much money. Where does he get off? So they wrote him out. He's Being Crispin Glover. He's his character is only in the second one for like five seconds. Remember the part where he's like, "Oh, your dad threw his back out again." He's like upside down on some contraption. Yeah, yeah. That's not really Crispin Glover. You know, yeah. obviously they put him upside down. And he's in like, pro- and then he's not in the third one either. Yeah. So, huh? I wonder. I what never his... really realized that. Yeah. Because the mom, or I guess Leah, what's her butt, plays the mom in all of them, mm-hmm. but. She's a fox in those movies. Yeah, she's babe. Never seen it, but supposedly Crispin Glover is in that uh, show American Gods. I think it's a Showtime. I don't know that show. I know you're talking about. It. I've never seen it. I haven't either. But supposedly he's in it. I like him a lot. He does very well at playing that dorky kind of thing, but he also does very well at playing the sinister, weird oh, looking. Yeah. Like, he's very... A little bit creepy. Right, right. George, what were you doing in the middle of the street? What, Lorraine? What? <laughs> the fucking family guy cutaway? You're gonna tell me that, that guy we met yeah. 16 years ago and our son looks exactly like him and you decide to name him after him? 
I am not going to take him, take it easy on him. Freaking birds of carpet. <laughs> I am not going to take it easy on him. So good. So, so good. Come on, let's do one more. Let's do something that really cooks. <laughs> the pinheads. Yeah. Uh, All right, it's so a blues uh, riff and beat. Uh, watch me for the changes and uh, try and keep up, guys. Did the guy who played Biff, did he do anything else besides? No. I guess um, he tried stand up for a little while. Really? I saw a YouTube like thing where he like he's like playing the guitar, and it's not good. Uh, it's like his own song. It's like a Biff tried to do stand up. Yeah, and it, it, the song he's like, uh, "Here's all the questions people ask me. What about Back to the Future Part Four? Not happening. No. Who's the meanest guy? Who's the meanest guy you ever met? And it's Gary Busey. <laughs> yeah." That sounds hilarious. I know. <laughs> I am actually very intrigued. <laughs> I'm I'll sure we can find it on YouTube. I'll tell you what he could get a job doing, though. What? He could be uh, Ponderosa's brother. Ugh. Bill Ponderosa. Mm. Bill yeah. and Paul Bond- Ponderosa. Uh. Paul Pondy. Yeah. God. Biff. What are you looking at, butthead? So good. Hate manure. Our mom is literally gonna get married to this guy. <laughs> He's been in a couple things. <laughs> Has he been in anything recently? Somewhat. The informant with Matt Damon. What? Yeah, we saw that. I love that movie. I'm sure these are small parts. Yeah. He was in that movie, uh, The Heat with Sandra Bullock and Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. Huh. He was in the two thousand four SpongeBob movie. He was in a movie called Blood In, Blood Out. Yeah, I saw that one too. Camp Nowhere. What? Again, I'm sure these are very small roles. The Informant is so funny. That movie is one of those ones that you don't really realize what's going on until the end. And then you realize that everything that he's been doing is hilarious. It's so good. I don't know that I've seen this. Oh my god, you need to watch it. I feel like do you think that Nate would like that movie? I feel like you'd really like that I, movie. I have to watch it again. I've only seen it once. Oh my god, it's so funny. See, I might have done something like that where I saw it once. I do not remember it though. It is hysterical. Hmm. It's one of my favorite roles that Matt Damon's ever done. Do yourself a favor, watch the informant. It's so funny. Back to the future. Yeah. Back to the future. Number N- four. Numero uno. Yeah. Look at that little trail. The go. informant to Back to the Future. And we're back. And we're back. <laughs> oh, my God, you guys. My number three was briefly talked about by Derek. I don't know. I forget what he was saying. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Table. All right. Moving on. <laughs> Nate, throw one of your honorable mentions in. I was just going to. Uh, well, before I do, anybody got lampoons? Nope. Nope. I literally put a slash. Vegas and Christmas are tied for me. Really? Is, is Vegas in the 80s? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I lo- I'm i pretty sure three of them. National Vampoons Vacation. I know Euro is in the 80s. Euro was. Uh, Christmas was. And I'm pretty sure Vegas was. I could be wrong. But Christmas. Uh, yeah. Let's just call there's it. There's a slash. Yeah. Uh, 
those characters, those are the types of movies that I don't know that they would work today. Like that slapstick, stupid, you know the joke is coming, but it's still funny when it happens. Yeah, right. there's an era for it. Well, yeah. and then Chevy Chase delivering it too. At least for me, the majority of it, it's that that's why that works so well. Like he right. is so good at that specific brand of humor. What the hell happened to Chevy Chase? I'm no prize, but he has not aged well. No. And he was so like he was the hot thing back in I to- the I day. I told you guys this before. He barely missed out on Indiana Jones. Yeah, he was he literally was the hot thing. And he actually he was came from a wealthy family. He was like from New York and just kind of like a social like a male socialite kind of a thing. Like he's super popular and that's kind of how he like people knew who he was already. And yeah, it was an asshole, right? Yeah, very cocky. Yeah. Um, and then he got in with SNL, only did that first season, and literally just caught fire. Everybody was trying to do shit with him. And I heard he was an asshole in Saturday Night Live. Yeah, a lot of well, a lot of people uh, say that, and a lot of people think that his head just got so big. Which I mean, you kind of come from that background. You come from money. And right. You think you know what I mean? You think you're hot shit. Entitled. Right. Um. But he was, he was very handsome and very like tan and good looking. Put together. Right. Um, And he, time did not, was not good to him. He is looking very aged and weathered. Looking very Val Kilmer. (sighs) I don't even know know what Val Kilmer. That he's not doing fake stuff to try and look better. Right. I'll give him that. Right. I mean, he's he's taking it. Yeah. Right. He lived his life. All those looking ragged, those are scars from doing right. fucking crazy partying. Right. Um, I always think of that dirty work role. Like, and yeah. then um, the hot tub time machine. Like, you know, like he's just kind of this like goofy looking old dude now. The well, community? Yeah, community is the big one. I didn't watch that show. You're missing out. You, you are. Community is amazing. Also, Derek is correct. I don't know how I was way off. I think I just assumed that I saw the other three in there, so Vegas was a part of those. Vegas wasn't until 97. Oh, wow. Christmas was 89. I don't know what the other one was. I think Euro was like 85. And then, obviously, the vacation was the first one, so it had to be before that. I yeah. didn't get super into the National Lampoon stuff, even though like I'm a huge fan of like Caddyshack and in Animal House. Hold up, real quick. That's crazy to me. Uh, Vegas was ninety-seven. Yeah, that's what. what that's twenty-two years ago, and tw- like 90, twenty-three, is it almost pretty much? Or we'll call it twenty-three. Yeah, that's still Chevy Chase. Fast forward twenty-three years later, he looks like the fucking Crip Keeper. <laughs> I don't think he looks like the Crip Keeper. He, I just feel like he just looks a little bloaty. Well, he looks like the Crip <laughs> Keeper. He's lost it's his like hair. Eight. <laughs> Vegas was eight years after Christmas. It was a good one with uh I know I know Rusty's Ethan Embry. I don't know who the daughter is. I don't know if she's done a ton of stuff. And then uh Quaid. Dennis Randy Quaid. Randy. Randy. Randy Quaid. And then uh Beverly D'Angelo is the wife, right? That, that's she stayed the wife the whole time, right? I think so. Um, She's wife in Vegas. The Rusty's changed. Sure. The Rusty's changed because he used to be John uh, or Michael Anthony Hall, right? Yeah. Where's the cousin that's like super backwoods? 
I don't. I I yeah. I, I really the stripper. Not. I French kiss with my boyfriend. Yeah, everyone does that in the fourth grade. Yeah, but my science teacher says I'm the best. Gross. Some shit like that. <laughs> oh my god. Isn't I am. That, is that Vegas? Is that the desert people? The desert family? Oh yeah. But not the one I'm talking because they're like younger. I think it's like Euro. It can't be Euro because they have a younger daughter in the. I'm. I'm you could be right. I am not well versed on the yeah. national the younger daughter chime in. Clear this I don't, up for us. I don't know much of them, but the Christmas in Vegas are by far the best in my opinion. Yeah, I remember watching the 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 Christmas vacation one when I was younger, and the whole light the house thing. The squirrel being in the tree. Yeah. The lights being like, you can't figure out why the lights, lights don't right. go on. Right. And then she goes in the garage and flips the switch that no one ever flips. It's only, it's literally the one time a year Christmas light switch. Right. Which done that. See my dad be mad and be like, what's going on? And then flip that. Oh, the switch was off the whole time. <laughs> literally the shit we had to go through trying to get the sound right. right. <laughs> <laughs> Not podcast. joking. <laughs> Uh, Randy pulling up in his motorhome and dumping his sewage straight into like shitter's the, full. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Vegas one. Uh, Rusty's ride through Vegas and him meeting those dudes, getting the suits, winning four cars. That kind of like dream is. I think about that all the time, and I'm just like, because uh, you you guys walked through a casino lately, like any of our Reno overnights. We just Last night through. we walked through a casino. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> was there a car there? Did you guys know his car? A car? Yeah. Oh, inside yeah. to win? Yeah. I don't think so. I didn't see one, but winning. I also didn't really explore the space. I think there was a promotion for it, but there was no actual car. In our, we stay at the Silver Legacy in Reno, um, and there's literally an Audi connect it like on top of slot machines like rotating yeah and shit like that yeah and it's literally like you look at that and you just it, how do you not make the connection you're like i put a quarter and i want a car I put a quarter and i want a car I put a quarter and i want a car and it's like what does he win he wins a hummer a corvette a dodge neon and what's the fourth car a viper a viper yes good call that's a blue viper red yeah. corvette white dodge neon that gets to the girl and then the black hummer yeah and they drive them all home because they're completely broke. Not well. That's before they hit that kino. Right. I won the money. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. He's had this night. The family. Uh, what's his face? I can't remember his name in the like Chevy Chase character. He's blown all their money. He's lost it all. Gets his ass beat by the guy from uh, the Princess Bride. Yeah, his son Rusty's literally been <laughs> winning guy. all night. Yeah. That's the, that's the that's the dealer who keeps beating his ass. Fucking yeah. blackjack. And he's happy about it. Yeah. Have you not seen this? No. It's fucking. He has like he he, he it's like he sits down at a blackjack table at the start of the movie. He's like, hey, how's it going? Like, gets his ass kicked by the dealer. Uh-huh. And the dealer's just it's the Wallace guy. Yeah. Just keeps beating his ass, and then he like Mr. Hall. The whole movie, he just keeps coming back, just drops like 10 grand at the table. He's like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> he ends up losing this whole fucking load. And then they clear out his bank account at the very end because he tells his wife he blew all the money. She's like, okay, well, let's go one more. Like, let's everything we got, let's put it on this. And he starts playing and he's got a different dealer and he's winning. And then that dealer checks in and he starts losing again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's the line? He goes, why don't you just give me half the money you're going to bet? I bring it outside, kick you in the nuts, we'll call it a day. 
That's awesome. What's Rusty's name? Isn't it like Mr. Papadopoulos or Papa Lucas? Papa Lucas. That's it. Yeah, because he's got. Doesn't he have a fake ID that he's using? Yeah, and it's got that name on it. Mr. You're Mr. Papa Lucas. Yeah. Uh, Not wearing glasses tonight, Mr. Papa Lucas. No, because I do not require them. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) They're both just those two. I'm gonna have to check those out. Tied. I just for some reason those movies have not been like looped into them. Like I've never really gotten to. I started watching them when they were on TV. Yeah. One of those like when it's on, I'll watch it. Right. And the more I watch them, though, <laughs> these are great. What's the one where is that the first family vacation where he keeps seeing Christy Brinkley in the car? That that's in Christmas as well. Oh, I'm pretty sure. Is that like a common thread throughout the movies? I think so. Oh, it's I definitely didn't know that. in the one where they. What's the one where they go to uh, the the amusement park? That's uh, that, the first that, one, that, vacation. Okay, that's Wally what I was thinking. World. Yeah, 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 yeah. With like the first family vacation yeah, one. Yeah, sees her on the road and then... And then don't they run into her at the hotel? The Vegas vacation at the hotel. Oh, I was Christmas thinking vacation, she's on the road when they're going to get the tree. Oh, she's okay. Driving by so it is a comment. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Nice. I don't think it's always Chrissy Brinkley, though. Oh. I don't think. I could be wrong, but I don't think it is. Rock on. Start your way the Gurgage way. I don't get that. <laughs> it parks and wreck. Oh. <laughs> Christy Brinkley's bacon and toast. All right. We're on number threes. Number tray. So I'm actually, as much as I said that I'm not really well versed in this whole National Lampoon's thing, my number three comes from the National Lampoon family. It's Caddyshack. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I love this movie so much it's so funny to me i love it i love bill murray i love chevy chase in it i love the fucking judge in it i love like um well rodney dangerfield is like he's supposed to be like kind of like the star guy who was in the movie that's not even like the guy that sells it for me like i love danny nunez the the like the caddy who's like the main focus of it his irish girlfriend like the whole movie is so funny to me and i learned more about the movie and how it got made um reading a book about it last year and it made me love it even more like it was the first movie that um who was the guy that played egon he directed a bunch of movies you know what i'm talking about you the main lampoon guy, huh? The main lampoon guy, uh, with he glasses was, and he's a beard. Uh huh. Yeah, that's the main lampoon guy. It's he's one of them that started that. Yeah. yeah. Do you know his name? I don't. Uh, I gotta look it up because have he, you watched that documentary? No. On National Lampoon. Yep. Uh-uh. It's called. Oh, I'll look it up. It's something like this is where the fun begins, or. I, yeah, no, I've never even heard of it. Um, Let's see here. Harold Ramis. That's who. Um, But he just, didn't he just die? He died a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, He, that was the first movie that he was ever uh, able to direct. And he was like freaked out and, most of it didn't really go to plan. Um, they shot it at some fucking golf course in Florida. 
Bill Murray just came in for like a hot like six days to film his bits. It's so, but I love that movie. This isn't the guy, the guy, Harold Ramis. Harold Ramis. That's not the guy I was talking about. Okay. Harold Ramis is um, Orange County. Sean, we are the same height. That is neat. The The Dean from Stanford. Yeah, 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 yeah. The documentary I'm talking about is called A Futile and Stupid Gesture. It's on Netflix. And it is about... um, The start of the Lampoon, right? I I know what you're talking... I've never seen it, but I thought that's what that was about. I can't remember what this guy's name is. Doesn't it have MacGruber in it? Yeah. It's good. The... The guy who plays MacGruber? Yes. Will Forte. Will Forte? Yes. Is it a documentary or an actual movie? It's one of those ones that it's a documentary, but then they have clips reenacting things that happen. Oh. So, like, there's a series on Netflix, I believe, called Wormwood or mm-hmm. Wormwood. Something. Something worm. These are made of wool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always get D and L mixed up. But it's about a guy whose like dad was a part of LSD studies in the FBI, and he's retelling like factual things. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're reenacting some of it. Yeah, yeah. Same idea. Gotcha. I'm I'm gonna have to check that out because I the book I read talks a bit lot about how Lampoon started, who did it, why they did it, the magazine that they started, the whole deal. So that'd be very interesting to me. But I loved um I love uh Animal House so much. That's one of my favorite comedy movies and all those guys that played in it and it was such a hit and Caddyshack followed a couple years after that and they were so worried that it was gonna it was had to live up to the Animal House success. And I feel like it's got so much more of a cult following in the years after it was released than the success at the box office. It's like one of those slow growers. Know what I mean? Um, totally. I'm looking up. <laughs> yeah, I'm I trying know. to find this guy Derek, that is... The Big Lebowski was one of those, right? Like it wasn't really well right. received it did, Yeah, it didn't, it didn't do well at the box office at all. Um, Dirk, did you, have you seen Caddyshack? I've seen pieces of it. Uh, and you've know. seen Caddyshack, right? Martin Mole. 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 Maybe he's just supposed to play this writer. Whatever. Yes, I have seen Caddyshack. Very, very good. Yeah. Yeah. The little cart girl is. The cart girl. Yeah, isn't there a girl in there that works the cart or like works the pro shop or the. The Irish girl? Or there's. Is she the, Irish? There's. Well, Danny's. The blonde one. That's the niece of the judge mm-hmm. who. Or not the judge, but the guy who runs the country club. Right. And she comes in for the summer. She hooks up with Chevy Chase. That one. Yeah. Shows her boobies. Yeah. <laughs> couple of scoops of, yeah. A couple of scoops of Hagen Dodd's boobies. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Uh yeah. Caddyshack number three. Got that going for me. Yeah. My number three is the Goonies. Oh. I'm glad someone put this on their list. That's nice. 
there are movies on. It's wet, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the only thing we saw here is tongue. I don't, coming from Nate, what's your number two? Yeah. <laughs> For the longest time, I didn't know. Like we're from Warrington and Astoria, where the Goonies was filmed. So it was kind of like until that I was like fourteen. Correct. Until I was fourteen, I was like. You guys know what the Goonies is? That was just like a hometown movie. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. You guys know what that Shit, is? Shit, you have a ECQ too? <laughs> you guys have email? <laughs> oh my God. Got this really good uh, self-made. It's like the Parks and Rec days. It's called the Goonies. It's about like the local area. It's a local documentary. It's called the Junies. <laughs> Joannies. Uh, when I was like 23... Was working at the Wed Dog in Astoria, and it was like the only place in Astoria with a quote dance floor. The Wed Dog was popping. P o p p i n. Um, I spilled so many drinks on the dance floor. I love dancing there. So that's why it was always wet. <laughs> <laughs> they had the Goonies' twenty fifth anniversary <laughs> like festival, and then they came there, and the population of Astoria like tripled. And it was the 25th anniversary. Yeah. Chunk showed up. He's an entertainment lawyer in Southern California. Now cool as fuck. Derek and I got a picture with him. Yeah, we got a picture with him. We'll We'll, post it on the IG at top that dude. His name is Jeff. Cool. He's so nice. Super, super nice. Super nice. I remember having a conversation with him. He was like genuinely interested in what we had to say. We took two pictures with him because he saw the first one. He goes, oh, no, that's too dark. Take another one. Like he was cool like that. Well, that that's nice. Yeah, and he was just mingling about yeah. with Eating baby Ruth with the locals. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how he walked out of there on two feet because like I was bartending that night, and then I swear every other person was like, "Hey, yeah, can you make that a little strong? I'm getting it for a uh, chunk." And I was like, "Okay." Is chunk? There you go. He was cool. There was but, no Corey Feldman there. Yeah, no Corey Feldman. Um, I want to say Joe Pantoliano was there, though. Did that Data make it? Was. No, Josh. Brolin. Brolin. Was Sean Aston there? Yeah. Uh, oh, was he there? That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he was. I think maybe he was for that one. I know. For the 25-year. I can't remember. I know one of the girls was there. The, t- the one with glasses. How <laughs> cool would it be to be a kid that was in a movie like that. Yeah. I think about it all the time. Like I should have been in heavyweights. <laughs> you weren't a fat kid. Anthony should have been in heavyweights. <laughs> oh my God. All our other should have been in heavyweights. It's a fat camp. Are you crazy? I'm not going to camp with a bunch of fat loads. You're fatter than I am. Maybe you should go. If you guys have not got Disney Plus yet, get it and watch Heavyweights. I'm going to camp with a bunch of fat loads. <laughs> so good. <sighs> the Goonies is so good. It's, right, such right. A, it, it's ingrained in my brain it, as that. And I feel like we all have this somewhere in us, maybe more so from where we grew up. But that that like twinkle in your eye that there's something out there to find there's fucking treasure that out you there. can there is. stumble on something you find a clue you find a rabbit hole you fall in it like it takes you somewhere else all of a sudden you're on an adventure on it, a journey right right there's usually a map right there's that glimmer of hope still in me like that's why i watch national treasure all the time 
when I used to walk around my grandparents' house because my di- grandparent grandpa was in the Navy, he traveled all over, and all his maps and stuff, I'd be looking on the back like, oh, please, let me find an right. X. Let anything. me find an X. Just Can anything. Give, give me one fucking clue. One rat bastard X. clue. It makes you just want to go into every museum and a story and be like, hi, can I look at the back of every document? Can I run right. lemon juice on everything? Yeah, I was just going to say, give me eight lemons. Eight lemons. Do you have any black lights? Have you guys looked for like secret codes anywhere yet? Or? Excuse me, do you know John Voight? And if there was a fucking town <laughs> anywhere, it would be Astoria. I know. Do you remember when Chelsea got married to uh, uh, Andy? Andy. Yeah. You remember the wedding? Yeah. When At the Masonic Temple. Masonic Temple. And, and it's then like, you oh. guys busted in that creepy ass room afterwards. I wasn't gone by then. It was like, there's this place in Astoria called the Masonic Temple. And it's like. Lots of winter balls were head there, held there. Yeah. And it's like, oh, one story building on the outside. And then we broke into this, like, it looked like a broom closet. That was a hallway that led to, like, it felt like fucking five stories of something. And we got up into, like, a big, it looked like Freemason shit. Like, it was a big room with, with pews, like church pews, all facing the same thing in the middle. And it was, like, an end table. And there was, like, candlesticks. And there was a big Bible looking book that wasn't the Bible. Isn't the Masonic Temple that that is Freemasons? Yeah. Is it not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. And there was robes and swords and shit. Yeah. Having secret, secret things going on. I I Did you open the book? Fuck no. I, I got to a point where I was like, guys, we shouldn't be here. This is fucking weird. Oh, I would have like, totally it fe- opened it the book. It felt like some satanic shit. And then I remember I was plastered. And I like went backstage. I was wearing a suit and I went backstage and it came out without any pants. I was like, you guys, there's a ghost out here. It's like my pants. <laughs> oh <laughs> get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so stupid. And then I worked with someone um, who was one of the worst human beings I've ever met in my life. And she like was at the wedding as well. And she's like, um, you guys shouldn't have done that because I mean, that's legal for you guys to go over there and you fuck everything up. Erica, shut up. <laughs> God, um, yeah, there. It, that movie is so good because it takes you back to that fucking child wonderment. It's so good, and the cast they freaking nailed it. Hold the phone. I want you guys to clarify something. Am I? Yes, Brand is hot. Okay, what's your number two? <laughs> <laughs> is there? Was there added scenes on the TV version? Yes. So it, the octopus thing yes. was extra. What, what, the octopus thing with the yeah. headphones on him. Uh-huh. I'm not crazy. No. Oh my lord. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. I'm not crazy. No. Yeah. There's a scene for you guys that haven't seen the TV version of the Goonies, where they're in the water. There's a bunch of extra shit. A bunch of extra shit. So like, when they need to swim off the ship, you know, when they get like thrown in, and she's like, "No, my hands are tied. I can't swim if my hands are tied and shit." When they get in the water, there's an octopus that attacks them. And then Data puts on like his like Walkman on it, and it like, oh, this is music. Susan. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that scene. Yeah, and he puts music on it, and the octopus is like, oh, music, and it kind of dance swims away. I thought I was crazy for the longest fucking time. They're dance fighting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, the movie, t- the TV version has the octopus scene in it. I'm sure we can Google extra scenes on right the Goonies. Um, speaking of extra scenes, there are so many extra scenes at Ace Ventura on TV. Yeah. So many. It's so funny. The best extra scene I've ever seen is in Billy Madison. 
Uh, Happy Gilmore has a, a couple good yeah. extra scenes too. Yeah, when he throw when he, he finds throws Ben Stiller out the window. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've actually been talking about Graham. She's been telling you how you've been treating everyone around here. <laughs> yeah, that's so. an extra scene. Yeah. Oh, did not yeah. know that. Yeah. So good. The Goonies. Uh, I mean, at this point, Back to the Future could have been my number one. The Goonies could have been my number one. It's. I'm for years. It's I've felt like I've read thirty articles that it's like. All the original cast members are back to make a sequel with their kids and Goonies Part 2 on the way. I'm glad they haven't. Me too. I would I would be very upset if they did a sequel or a prequel or a fucking reboot or anything that had to do with the Goonies. Leave it alone. Please leave it the fuck alone. Leave it the fuck However, alone. However, at the same time, if you were going to do it, just give me all the kids, same ages from it, and we can go from there. <laughs> they killed that. Yeah, you're going to redo it, I want Mikey to be the character from Fifty First Dates on the juice, fucking working out, wearing spandex all the time. You want Sean Astin to come back and be Mikey? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Daddy, you want me to kick his ass? Right. Check this out. He starts flexing. <laughs> yeah. Look at these glutes. Jesus. <laughs> so funny. I love him. Uh, Let Mikey be Eddie from It. What? The hypochondriac from It, the first one. Oh, young Mike. Young. Okay. I don't know. (laughs) Are you talking? Uh, I don't know. Extra scene. (laughs) (laughs) Nate, what's your number two? My number two is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Ooh. It's one of those movies I can watch all the time. And I love, again, the dry. I love dry humor and dry delivery. And just his smug, I always know what's going on throughout the whole movie. I just love it. I have only seen this movie like maybe once or twice. This Why? Is, Don't look at me like right, that. No, this is a movie that's like, I feel like. I've been with a girl or something like that. I'm like, oh, I've actually never seen this movie. Let's watch it. And I never, we never like get the whole, I don't think I've ever seen Ferris Bueller in its entirety. Right. I feel like there are like, like almost categories of movies, especially from certain eras that you, you've either seen them a ton or you've not seen them at all. This is blowing my mind. Yeah. For for those listening at home, Nate looks like he's about to pull a gun on us right now. He's gla- I'm not upset he's, about it. He, I'm more. He's glaring, but also like confused. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a mystified word. glare. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, are you guys fucking with me right now? Right. But to me, it's like Top Gun, Footloose, Dirty Dancing, like those kinds of movies. You either are like hardcore into them or not. I feel like. See, um, I haven't seen any of those. All three of those I haven't seen in its entirety. I've seen pieces a million times. I've seen Road pieces House. of Top Gun right. a million and that's times. A um. Pieces of Footloose. But to me, Ferris Bueller is lumped into that for me. Surprising to me. But there is like, but to me, like uh, the, my number two is a movie that I am flabbergasted when people say they haven't seen it. Yeah. So I mean, I, I get what you're, I get your feeling. <laughs> I, I I feel like you guys would enjoy it. We, everyone, I've come to the realization that everyone has one or two of those under their belt. There is like, it blows your mind. You haven't seen Star Wars? Oh my God. Like, everyone has one of those. Like, Derek, have you seen Game of Thrones yet? Why do you eat my whole? (laughs) Gross. You're related. 
Yeah, if anybody's gonna be eating any holes, it's gonna be taps. You guys know what it's about, though, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He yeah, take he skips school. <laughs> oh, what was that? Because <laughs> Iron Throne. <laughs> um, he skips school. He convinces his best friend to skip school. Cameron. Cameron. No, I think who's Cameron, hypochondriac. I think Cameron is already out. Cameron. He's out wears, sick. He's right? wearing yeah. the Gordy Howard the whole movie, right? But what? he sets up this yes, whole. Yes. He sets up the whole like answering machine, like I'm in bed fucking scam. Does. Yeah. And everybody knows that he's kind of he know he does this. Yeah. Like he's kind of the class clown. And the principal's also, out to get him for truancy. Right. right. And is the girl his girlfriend? Or yes. Is, okay. So it's not like a he wants her to be his girlfriend. It's his already established girlfriend. I don't. I don't know. It seems like it's the love interest. I don't. Yes. But it's also like one of those ones where you could tell that both of them, if they nothing ever happened, they'd still be really good friends type thing. Right, right. So, but it's never. I well, maybe someone loves this movie more than me and seen it. I don't think they ever say. I don't think they ever like say put a title on it. It's yeah. just they're kind of flirty the whole. Oh, movie. Okay. So yeah, he gets out of school. With his whole pretending to be sick, snoring, whatever. Scam. He calls the school as the girl's dad gets her out of school, pulls up in Cameron. He had gone to Cameron's, Cameron's before. Dad. Gets Cameron's dad's car. Is Cameron's in the back laying down. He puts on like a dad suit and like has her come. Which is a fancy convertible. Correct. Uh makes out with the girl in front of the principal <laughs> as the dad. <laughs> and then they go and have just a day of messing around. They enter Frolicking. a parade at one point. They go to a, I think you're supposed to assume it's a really nice restaurant and they won't see them. So he pretends to be one of the reservations. He like calls and does a whole thing. He, the sausage King of New York. <laughs> it's just one of those again feel good movie he has to race home to right jumps through all the, again, yeah. the backyards and stuff makes it just in time right i've seen that scene get spoofed a few times oh yeah it's family been spoofed guy a lot. Family guy i mean it's yeah. iconic yeah right his jacket is so dope his whole outfit is good i you know i've seen that as a halloween costume numerous times and it's a good little outfit I would I would suggest you guys watch this. Don't watch it when you're like, oh man, I need like a good movie right now. I need something. <laughs> I need but a when fucking you, real good movie. When you want to watch like a Goonies type for the first time, yeah, I put it on. Um, what's the name of the actor that's the main character? Matthew Broderick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the last movie you've seen him in. Um, remember Tower Heist? Oh yeah, I like that movie. Yeah. I liked his character in that movie. Yeah, was that was a good movie. He married Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah. They've been married for a really long time. Hollywood before marriage. Before she was with him, she was with Robert Downey. Mm, good for her. Yeah. I was uh, literally about to say the exact same thing. Yeah. Good for her. For her. Yeah. yeah. But also, she like I don't find Sarah Jessica Parker um, attractive in the slightest. But then I'll go see Hocus Pocus. I'm like, ah, oh, you little ditzy, like good looking slut. Good <laughs> oh my you. god, good for you. <laughs> I I could see I could see now you're some eye candy. I like Sarah Jessica Parker. She doesn't have um, she definitely doesn't 
fall into traditional beauty standards by any means. Um, but I feel like her style and her confidence carry her so much more. And that's what I like about her. And the definitely like, uh, you, I have this like, you know, notion of the whole Carrie Bradshaw thing in, in there too, which I, I think is more of a loosey goosey, more fashionable young lady about town than Sarah Jessica Parker might be. But, uh, but definitely adds to me in her likability and thinking that she's an attractive woman. I like that. I don't think she's attractive at all. A lot of guys don't. A lot of people, well, a lot of people don't, I don't think. But I I will also say she's not, like, ugly. Like, oh, my. Right. I would not. Yeah. I'm I'm more indifferent to how she looks. I'm like, no. She doesn't do anything for you, but you're not like, you don't feel away. Right. right. Like yeah. so I'm not bleed. mad at you because I had to look at your face. <laughs> like there is a very... Who are you mad at for looking at their face? <laughs> is there anybody that you can think of? Yeah, the fourth one on Sex and the City. Miranda. <laughs> not because of the way she looks. It's Jennifer ad- Garner. Oh. <laughs> I I don't know what it is. If you, you ever need... hear this, I'm sorry. You expressed your hatred for her to me. There's before. something about you I do not like. So funny. Uh, there's someone I, I. This makes me feel like an asshole, but I just. I mean, if we're talking aesthetics, and just like you annoy the fuck out of me, Mindy Kaling. Yeah. Not great, Bob. It's it's <laughs> less like it's not the office. It's like now. Yeah. The she, office, she was okay. Yeah, but it's like been, the always sunny thing she did. Like, what are you doing? Yikes! Yeah. But the the movies that she's been in. Um, uh, she's in Knocked Up. She's Paul Rudd's like ex girlfriend that he keeps talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember? <laughs> remember just the amazing like it's like that we, was five years ago. Like I changed had, my email. I changed my phone number. <laughs> we just had like one soul. Do you remember that? Oh, please don't tell. Remind me about the times we fucked. <laughs> You're a bitch. I love freaking Seth Rogen when he's like, I was not aware of that. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Steve Fred is a stalker. <laughs> Why you gotta come and kill the gut vibe with those things? Grown ass man would hear that shit. Yeah, nobody wants to hear that shit. You, know? <laughs> you said she was hurting for a squirting. Hey, man, you better keep your bitch on a leash. <laughs> I fucking love that um, movie. Um, I really like Mindy Kaling, but I guess I could see what you mean by that. She visually, <laughs> she annoys me. Really? Yeah, it's not even an aesthetic thing. It just hurt like her. That's just someone I haven't like. She's bad energy for me. Interesting. Yeah. Is also, it, I are, think it was like the first time like Tinder was new for me. Uh huh. And I remember swiping right on Mindy Kaling and matching, and then it was like, "Hey, how's it going? I'm Mindy Kaling. You can catch me at like 9 p.m. on Fox." For I'm like, "Oh, you bitch." The it was fuck like is an advertisement. Yeah, it was an advertisement. <laughs> Maybe. You're just mad because she got you. Yeah, maybe that's where my <laughs> hatred's come from. This is one of my favorite things. The, my favorite joke she ever did in um, The Office, which is something in real life I do not think is comical by any stretch of exactly the imagination. Me too. Go ahead. And, and you're correct. But... When she tells Ryan that she's pregnant and then it cuts to her, she shakes her head. She's shaking her head. No. Yeah. The look, too. She it's does. 
so funny. <laughs> but in real life, that is the most despicable thing. Right. But that part that she does that and she fuck it's like that 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 piece of conversation was made for her. Yes. Like, it's so damn funny. You are a hundred percent completely accurate. That correct. That, yeah. that is her best scene. Yeah, I love I, it. I disagree. It's a very high scene, but when they're doing the weight loss competition and she's just super pale and she's in the confessional and she's like, I haven't eaten in four days. I look amazing. I love it when yeah. they go to freaking Phyllis's wedding. She wears a white dress <laughs> and guts her. She goes, What? I look really good in white. <laughs> I love that character. Well, I'm pregnant. <laughs> She's wearing that polka dot pink dress. So Ugh. funny. Where were we at? Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Jesus yeah. Christ, we went on a tangent there. That was number two? Yep. Number doe. Number doe. Part doe. Hot shots, part doe. My number two is <laughs> The Breakfast Club. Anybody got that? No? Yay. Yay. <laughs> Have you seen The Breakfast Club? Yes. Okay. You don't talk to my friends. You don't look at my friends. See, I wouldn't be able to. I haven't seen it enough to pull out quotes, but I have seen it. So this is my Ferris Bueller's Day Off. When people say they haven't seen this movie, I'm flabbergasted. To me, it's one of... it. This almost made my number one. To me, it's one of the best 80s movies in general, regardless of genre. Like, this to me would make it really high up on my list on just... No matter what, there's a 80s couple, movies. There's a couple scenes in Hollywood that, like, I feel bad enough for the character where it kind of hurts my feelings. There's a scene in fr- uh, in House Party, and then there's a scene in this movie, and it's so dumb, but I feel so bad. For- it's when the principal spills his coffee on all of his lunch, and he's just about to eat, and you just see his like he's defeated with the orange in his mouth. <laughs> I almost want to cry for him. I feel so fucking bad. I can't believe that that's a part you feel bad. It's not fucking fucking Emilio crying. It's not fucking Bender being thrown in a closet. No. (laughs) The asshole principal. When he does that. With the orange in his mouth. The orange peel in his mouth is so funny. It's that. And then, oh, come on, Shireen, damn. (laughs) You move, you lose. Like, why do you got to be a bitch? Like, just... It's so good. Just, if I saw that, like, if you were, like, you sat in a library, you're about to, like, write a paper, and you saw across someone spill her coffee on you, would be like... I would feel bad for them. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm sorry. Can I buy you lunch or some shit? It feels so bad. I would feel bad. The pre- so the premise of the movie to me is so genius and so simple. There's, I mean, you want to talk about only a few characters. Right. There's, what, five? Bender, Ali Sheedy, Wrestler, <sighs> Molly, and then Brian. And the principal. And, and the janitor. The, yeah, and the principal and the janitor. Seven. That's it. So seven characters. And a couple parents. Right. That I mean, it's like a couple seconds apiece. Yeah. Ferris Bueller's same thing mm-hmm. right there's only a few people in this movie but they freaking like they 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 carry the entire movie it's so yeah. good this movie's genius it really is it's the more and more I think about it it's when they because they play the they play their characters so well it's like oh like the the little like rich bitch who has it all right so this is 
this movie basically set the bar on all of the Brat Pack movies for me. I'm pretty sure it was the very first one I ever saw with all of them. What's the Brat you know Pack? The, so the Brat Pack was a group of actors in the 80s. Um, they were all in a bunch of John Hughes movies together, and a bun- he was a director. And he... Um, and they were in comedies, dramas. So it was Emilio Estevez. Swear to God, it was the Mighty Ducks. Guy. Right, the Mighty Ducks, man. I swear to God. Uh, Molly Ringwald, which she was a huge, huge star in the 80s. 16 Candles. 16 yeah. Candles. So that was, a, that was a Brat Pack movie. It was John, yeah, John mm-hmm. Hughes did that. Um, Ali Sheedy. Um, That's the goth, punky one. Yep. Okay. Um, Michael Anthony Hall. Or Anthony Michael Hall. What's his name? Michael, Michael Anthony. Michael Anthony Hall? That doesn't sound right. I know, it doesn't. Yeah. Um, I think Anthony Michael Hall. Anthony Michael Hall. I Keep going. Is. I'm going to go grab my phone because I want to pull something up from John Hughes okay. to show you guys. So, I'll start the list again. Emilio Estevez. Anthony Michael Hall. Anthony Michael Hall. Emilio Estevez, Molly Ringwald, Ali Sheedy, Anthony Michael Hall, and Judd Nelson it were the ones that were in The Breakfast Club. Also in the Brat Pack was Rob Lowe and Demi Moore. Oh. And so these kids, they were young actors and they were all in a bunch of bunch movies. Bunch of brats. Right. So they, the media kind of labeled them all the brat pack because they were in a bunch of movies together. So this was one of the first brat pack movies I ever saw. My dad showed it to us because he was a big fan of this movie. And that to me set the bar and to me, Almost every other Brat Pack movie I saw could never hit that mark. To me, the the characters were so perfect the way they casted it. They couldn't have done any better. It's really funny. It takes you like on different emotions of sadness, you know, shame. You feel bad for these people. You start to identify. Then they start to like understand each other and they become bonded and friends and they all leave like you know changed and different doesn't someone have some pretty intense trauma all of them do all of them do the um the bender he comes from a super broken home his dad you know burns him with which the, one's bender he's judd nelson the the uh like the scrubby guy that the bully got yeah. the headband thing yeah mm-hmm. okay the one that's always in trouble yep he comes from a super broken home you know he gets a he what does he say it was a banner fucking year uh the at our bender house. residence yeah you know what i got for christmas a carton of cigarettes and he has like a big burn mark on his arm for spilling paint in the garage. So he comes from an abusive family. Yeah. Um, the rich Did he group, ask for cigarettes? No. No. <laughs> that was not on his list. <laughs> um, the rich girl, her parents like are just completely consumed with their own problems and don't pay attention to her. Um, the, and it's ah, the polar opposite for Ali Sheedy. Right. Her parents ignore her. Like she's an invisible person. Um, the smart guy literally can never live up to his parents' expectations. Like, he can never be enough, even though he's super, super smart. The nerdy one. The nerdy one. And then the athlete never... He doesn't have control. He doesn't even want to do what he's doing anymore. Yeah. He's like, every time I take my knee up and practice, I'm hoping that it just gives out that day and I never have to do this again. Yeah. Slide over. Give me that knee. Right. I'll trade you right now. Right. (laughs) But the, you know, 
their their problems, quote unquote, are things, you know, issues that the other ones probably wish they had, you know. Like, they, right. they all... Grass is always greener. Right. They all, like, give a good emotional performance into their problems, and they all hit. Right. That's that, what I remember that about makes it. Like, when Ali Sheedy is explaining what's wrong with her... It's, it's so sad. It's sad. Um, they Her parents ignore her. Yeah. And then the rich girl's parents... They, I mean, she gets, she has whatever she needs, but she doesn't get fulfilled. Like her parents just use her as a pawn in their own like arguments and they're divorcing. Like, and, oh. like, like she, she knows the finer, th- like she's eating sushi at lunch when they all, they all have their different like things they're eating. In the 80s. Right. 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 So like Emilio She Estevez, wants for nothing but true. Emilio you know, Estevez like unpacks his brown paper bag with like 6,000 calories. He has like five he's sandwiches, two bags wrestler. of chips. Yeah. Um, but the rich girl's parents are ignoring her too, right? Yeah, just okay. in a different way. Yeah. Gotcha. Right. I thought you said the opposite. And so I was thinking that the punk girl's parents were like really into her and like all of like too involved. Right. No. And then you went the other way and I was like, oh, did I not understand the first So Emilio Estevez is in uh, what's his name in the movie? So let's stop calling him Emilio. Andy. Andy. He's in... Andrew Bernard. Yeah. (laughs) What? What are you doing? His name's Andrew Bernard? Yeah. Like The Office? I think so. Nardog? Yeah. Right. So he... Y'all like find out why he's like... Each person is in detention that Saturday and he's in because... He taped Larry Lester's buns together. Yeah, he tapes uh, the nerdy one. The nerdy. He's a very nerdy, hairy kid. Yeah, so he tapes his ass shut. <laughs> Good prank. And right, right. It's f- so right. he rips off the tape. It pulled off a bunch of hair and a bunch of skin. Yeah, and he's like, and I got slapped on the back by everyone at practice. But then he gets into his field. He's like, but I can't even imagine the conversation that Larry had with his parents and the embarrassment, the fucking embarrassment that he had to go through and the shame. And then he starts like, I think he starts tearing up. He starts up. crying. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, Sound, I, sounds like a really funny movie. It, so there, those are the emotional <laughs> parts of it. But man. yeah, but it, the movie is so funny and yeah, it's, it's so simple. Yeah. There's not all, I mean, all it is is them like, their personalities. Yeah. That's, right. Yeah. And then there's just oh, like, I know like the, the mont, the music montage and them running from the principal. Yeah. All the way that's together. A good song. That. And then there's something that's so fucking eighties and it's like the clips of them dancing together. Right. Um, going on a yeah <laughs> freaking line doing the, the Egyptian <laughs> talk to my friends. You don't look at my friends. Okay, um, before we move on, let me pull this article up about John Hughes. John Hughes did a lot of movies in the 80s. I got into a really big Molly Ringwald phase. Molly Ringworm. <laughs> you don't say that. I said it. I said it. Uh, I, I was heavy into Pretty in Pink. 16 Candles. See, I haven't seen 16 Candles oh, or Pretty in Pink. so good. Sixteen Candles, the the love interest in that, the guy, so hunky, just he You're looked gonna like. Do a, that to Devin Sawa. Shut your mouth. <laughs> shut, <laughs> shut shut your mouth. 
That's a whole different fucking You're lane. You're sounding stupid. That's, that's a whole different lane. Um, but he looked like, I feel like a lot of the 80s did this too. The The people that were seniors in high school in the 80s, they looked like they were all like 28 years old. It messed me up a little bit. <laughs> right. Because I always thought like I looked like a child. Right. And like when I started to get to fifth, sixth grade, I was like, I don't look like the fifth, sixth grade. I was like, maybe like when you get to eighth grade, you're going to look like them. And you like grow up, you grow up and you're like, all right, it's, I know it's coming. I'm going to look like one of these 18 year olds any day now. And then you don't get there and you're like, all right, well maybe like sophomore year of high school. (laughs) So it's weird. I don't know if this happened for you guys, but I remember going into my freshman year of high school and seeing the seniors in high school and thinking they looked like full blown adults. Yeah. Yeah. I would and I would never look like that. Right. And but then when I was a senior, I didn't see myself as that, you know, look at that. But then when Derek's class came in, he they were the freshman class, it was mind boggling. A like, trip. What are these children doing in yes. here? <laughs> like it was the craziest thing. It it is. It's such a weird phenomena. Yeah. Of being you don't realize like, it. Fifth, sixth grade. I looked at the eighth graders. Right. Oh man, I'm never gonna look like, when I'm in eighth grade. There's no way I'm looking like that. Right. Freshman looking at the senior. When when I'm a senior, there's no way I'm looking like that. Right. And then you get up there and you're like, I look like that. They look like adults, and you become an adult. Like it's so weird looking. Crazy. Derek, you got your shit together or yeah. what? Yeah. I need. Five more seconds. Ugh. Derek's always just holding us up. I know. Holding us up. <sighs> All right. You guys are going to about Mike Hughes. You guys are right. going to hate me. It's John Hughes. <laughs> it's not John Hughes. I'm thinking it was John Landis. Uh, oh, Christ. I'm sorry. <sighs> Brat Pack. Well, 80s movies. Come that was on. a big waste of time. I'm sorry. Well, what's your number two? It better be good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're pathetic. (laughs) My number two is Major League. Oh. Okay. Fuck's that for? I don't know. I'm just surprised. Major fucking league. Okay. Yeah. Next? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) To the guy who probably won't get in. (laughs) Yeah. A little recap of the movie. Everyone knows what Major League's about. It's um, Charlie Sheen. Yeah, Charlie Sheen plays the wild thing. He's like arguably his best role ever. Um, uh, have you seen The Chase? Duh, have I seen <laughs> The Chase? Oh, do I really know the third one's paper mache? Of course I know. You think that changes my answer? Yeah. Okay, so Major League is about the Cleveland Indians baseball team. And it gets bought by a woman who wants to move the team to Miami. And there's a caveat in the contract that says if attendance for the season of the year follows below a certain point she can get out of her 30-year lease from the city and move the team to Miami she has all the set in play so the way she can get attendance down is if she gets this ragtag group of rejects and nobodies and people at the end of their career to come play for this team and she gets the perfect mix of people can I just pause for a second? Yeah. I love that description. Ragtag group of people. Yeah. So um, he wrote the IMDb. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's me. I got some girl. Lights has a new <laughs> I've got some girl. 
So there, there are three to four major people in this movie. So there's Charlie Sheen, who is the wild thing, who throws a fastball over 100 miles an hour, and nobody can tame him, but he also can't see. He doesn't realize he needs glasses. And he won't wear them because they're not cool. Yeah. Um, there is Dennis Haysbert, who is the Allstate uh, dude. The black guy. <laughs> you fake Denzel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he plays Pedro Serrano and he um he's religious exile from he's Haiti. Big Poppy. He's basically <laughs> he's basically big David Ortiz. Yeah. But he's like they show a training montage and he's at like one and maybe one and a half percent body fat. Like he's just ripped in the movie. Right. And he plays a freaking racist caricature of someone from Haiti, but he, right. so he has insane power. Like can hit the ball really hard. And then he's like in the locker room doing like voodoo religious shit, trying to get it with his bat. <laughs> um and then Tom Berenger. Uh, who was one of the best catchers of his time is at the end of his career. He's having problems with his knees. Um, hmm. Too about soon. That. Too soon. Right. Um, and then Wesley Snipes uh, is extremely fast. And that's his. That's his gimmick. <laughs> that's his superpower. Yeah. That's his shtick. There is. All right. Let me get into my feels real quick. There's something weird about this movie. Um, uh, fear like. That's like a few years ago, I realized I wasn't like, there's something like with my mental health, I wasn't like able to like control my emotions on certain things. If that makes sense to you guys. Yeah. Okay. So one of the things, like if you see something sad on a movie, you're like, oh, that's sad. Like this movie always makes me cry or something like that. Armageddon. Right. Or like the end of Titanic or something like that. But there was a scene in Major League that would like, suck the wind it, it was like it would it would i would physically go <laughs> like that and all the air would go out of my like body lungs and i would start crying every single time i would see the same scene and it's not even a fucking sad scene that's what's crazy about it what's the scene it's at the end when they need to beat the yankees spoiler alert <laughs> spoiler alert they fucking win the game at the end <laughs> just kidding well great <laughs> So Tom Berenger calls a shot like the babe and everything slows down and what's going on. Everything comes full circle because Tom Berenger is having problems with his knees and he can't ever beat the throw out to first base. And um, Willie Hayes, which is uh, fucking Wesley Snipes character is on second and he like calls his play and the play is he's going to lay down a bunt with two outs which is fucking suicide for a guy that can't run, but nobody's expecting it. And he takes off early, lays the bunt down perfectly and beats out the throw. But there is, obviously there's a score to it, and there is like a one push of a piano key. Solo note. It's a solo note into score. I could pull it up for you. I'll pull it up for when we're off air or something like that. But it's, it literally, it's bang, and it's like, yeah, like that, and it's almost like a Pavlovian. Swing <laughs> this bumping hammer, and it go bang. <laughs> it's almost like a Pavlovian, like, like my body, like my ears hear it, and it's like, oh, time to cry, 
and it's the weirdest shit ever. I, like, I didn't know... Just hypnotized. Yeah, it's literally like, oh, okay, here's all... And it's two things that happen. All the air from my, like, lungs leave. I cracked myself up over here. <laughs> I could see. I'm trying to explain this to you guys, and I know it's fucking weird, but it's... Hey, it, I'm here. Jeez. Right. There's no other scene that fucking does it for me except this one. You could, you could, I could watch the end of the Green Mile 30 times and it won't do it for me. This scene will. It's crazy. It's not even a fucking sad scene. What if at the end of Green Mile, <laughs> he had his teammate on second? Right. Yeah, John Candy on second. <laughs> or John Coffee on second, not Candy. Can we keep it John Candy? I like that visual better. <laughs> How about John Candy's on first? John, John Coffee's on second. <laughs> John Candy in a big old peacoat. And they go bang. <laughs> hey, that's cool though, man. That's a cool story. I am you're crying because you, you know, they're, he's fulfilling his prophecy. Right, but my point is, it's not like. What's your point, dude? It's, it's <laughs> almost like it's not even emotional. It's literally like. We're getting to that late yeah, hour. Yeah, it's you guys. like a mental. It's like a trigger. Yeah. yeah. Um, I found it. What, the scene? Yeah. I thought we were watching this off air. It's happening. Okay. Water well, listeners, so you can <laughs> paint this picture. Can you see it? This is so 80s. Hold it a little closer. Alright, he's tightening up on the bat. Wesley Snipes is leading off. Oh. You know it's coming. The pitch is coming. Oh, I remember this. This is a great scene. Derek's crying. Shit. Run it out, old man. Old Tom Berenger is fucking struggling. Struggling. This is all slow-mo. What if that was Gary Busey instead? Oh, God. What if it was, um... What's Gary Busey's brother's name? Oh, knee's gone, right? Yeah, I remember this. He blows out his knee in that? Yep. And here comes Wesley going home. But it's like, it's the fucking... That, that sound right there. It's literally, it's a, it's a, the one it's a, tr- it's a trigger. <laughs> and they go bang. Well, very nice. Glad we got to go on that um, yeah. journey with you. Thank you for your patience. <laughs> I mean, it was good. We told him it had to be good. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Very nice. Major League's my number two. It's one of my favorite sports movies ever. And it's, yeah, fucking Charlie Sheen. I miss Charlie Sheen because we're not getting, like, good Charlie Sheen anymore. We're getting AIDS Charlie Sheen. Wow. We're not We're not getting any Charlie Sheen. We're not even getting, like, Tiger's Blood Charlie Sheen anymore. Do you remember what a phenomenon that was when Charlie Sheen... 2000s was wild. Cruise right off the rails. Think about all of that happened in the 2000s. It was nuts. It, wild Wild West. 
It was a wild time. Crazy. Do you remember his roast? And yeah. Patrice O'Neill. Fuck Tiger Blood. He's selling his own blood. That career is over. <laughs> so good. All right, P. Patrice O'Neill. I miss him. Uh, all right. Well, look, we're on number ones now. Number ones. Number ones. Nate, what's your number one? Character was talked about briefly again tonight. Slightly. John Candy? By Derek. Nope. But a character in this movie. And that is the Princess Bride. Ah. I absolutely love this movie. Everything about it. Every single thing about it. The fact that the whole movie is just the grandpa telling the son a story or grandson a story when he's sick. So what? Fantastic. This is another movie that I have not seen. Whoa. Pause for reaction. Ferris Bueller, I was confused. <laughs> this is shocking. My name is Inigo Montoya. I know those lines because everybody says them, but a little, a little angry. Oh, Damn. yeah. Okay, that's fine. I mean, because I got this movies is, under my belt that I haven't seen either, but this is that's I. This I is a in, good one. Yeah, this is like a movie I saw ten times in school. That was like the rainy day movie. What? Yeah, yeah, we got a substitute teacher. Throw a movie on. It's always Princess Bride. You don't need to watch Ferris Bueller. You have to watch like watch Grace of Wrath. <laughs> watch this instead. Watch this depressing shit. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, no, I've never seen The Princess Bride. So, for all those who haven't seen it, the premise of The Princess Bride is, uh, what's the kid's name? Who's the kid? Fred Savage? Fred Savage. Mm-hmm. Fred Savage, kid Fred Savage, is sick in bed, and his grandpa comes over. Wonder Years, Fred Savage. Yes, like little Kevin Arnold. His oh, grandpa comes. Love him, and he's kind of like the cool kid. Like, I don't want to do stupid baby stuff. Like he's that that age. So the grandpa comes over to take care of him, and he is going to read him a story. And he starts reading it, and at like the beginning, he keeps grandpa. Like he's playing video games, and the grandpa kicks him off, and I don't want to listen. And so the more he tells the story, the less he cuts him off. And like gets really wrapped up in it. He starts to get interested. Yeah, exactly. So, but the whole movie is the story that he's telling. Mm-hmm. You know, you know the players in the movie, right? Like Carrie Elwes is right. Robin Wright is the is the princess. Yeah, and Mister Hall. Yeah, um, and there are three villains, and two of them turn out to be like they come out on the good side, and the three are Inigo Montoya. Andre the Giant and Mr. Hall. Inconceivable. Yeah. So, and they all are kind of like on their own. Like the best plot line of the whole story is like Inigo's B story. Yeah. The six figure man. Yeah. He's the whole, like the, when you first meet this guy, he's like a henchman of Mr. Hall. You think Mr. Hall is uh, just for everyone back at home. We're calling Wallace Shawn. His character from Clueless. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. We're Hall. calling the bald, inconceivable <laughs> guy. His real name is Wallace Shawn. We're calling him Mr. Hall. That's the main like villain, and he's got two henchmen, Inigo Montoya and Andre the Giant. And when you meet Inigo Montoya, he's just like, you don't happen to have six fingers on your left hand, do you? He asks everyone that he meets that's new, and he's got a scar on his face, and spoiler alert, but it comes out that the the six finger man was the person who killed his parents and gave him the scar on his face. So like his He's whole goal in life that person. is to get revenge. Yeah. 
and then uh, at the end delivers one of the best lines in movies. My name is. N- you you know killed my parents, heart? and now it's time to die. Yeah. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Son is. of a bitch. I think yeah. he puts in son of a bitch somewhere. Yeah. Uh, it's because the he finds the six finger man. They're battling, yeah. and he's getting kind of beat. He's getting stabbed up, and he stumbles one time and gets back up. And like the guy comes at him, at him, and he's kind of slumped over, and he just moves his wrist and blocks it. And then the guy comes at him again and he like blocks it again and then he starts to like get his energy back and that's when I think he says the son of a bitch part. Yeah. It's a fant you son need of to a watch bitch? this one. Why are you yeah. gonna make me feel inferior when I'm on the grill yeah. B? You need to watch this one. That's All good. right. That's good. I'm telling th- I don't give many guarantees. I guarantee you won't walk away going, Why did I watch that? This isn't gonna be like a footloose where no. I'm like irritated. No. No. Okay. Not if you are, I'll be even more upset. <laughs> no, this is a fantastic movie, and it's it blows my mind. You haven't seen Rounders yet. Oh. Okay, it's literally just we paused it on a good part too. Yeah. I'm just it. starting to get good. Tell her it's good, Nate. It's good. All right, it's good. I love Matt Damon. You punk. Princess Bride, the holy moly! I love it. I love this movie. So for some reason, I thought that either planes, trains, automobiles, or airplane was going to make it on your list. I don't like airplane. Okay, I didn't know. I think maybe I was thinking planes, trains, automobiles. That one, that one's close. I no. mean, again, the John Candy, I had to choose. Right. I feel like, I think I just heard you talk about it Yeah. before. It's a good movie. Yeah. But Princess Bride is... Number one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's very close. Like that's far and away your number one. Yeah, that this is a Desert Island movie. That's so ah. that makes me feel good. Interesting, because you're like one of the most like wholesome friends that I have. Where like every friend that I have is like everyone who's inside my circle. Like they're all like very very ride or die. But I'm like oh, I know the sleazy parts of you. I know the sleazy parts of you. You're 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 very Kevin Arnold at the start of that movie. Thank you. <laughs> Princess Bride. You, great, you, you don't, great my, movie. My point is you don't have a lot of sleazy parts of your underbelly. <laughs> Try to keep my underbelly kind of clean. There you go. Good. Nate, right. Nate was a good wholesome Wonder Years kid. He was. Andre the Giant is, he's like a happy-go-lucky giant. Does anybody have a peanut? Yeah. <laughs> is that from that movie? It is. Oh. I wasn't quoting that movie. <laughs> I was quoting I Love You, Man. <laughs> but you also were. <laughs> right. Brina, uh, check you, it out. Yeah. Hmm? Watch and it, listeners, it if you haven't, check it out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What well. movie are you, everyone listening at home, chime in. What movie are you most pissed about one of us not seeing? What's a movie? Yeah. Well, just anybody. What's a movie that you hate or is weird to you that people haven't seen? Like, is it a Star Wars? Yeah, it's Indiana Jones. Right. Back to the Future would be one that would, like, blow my fucking mind if you haven't seen. But I also haven't seen Caddyshack. So. Blow my freaking mind. It doesn't blow my mind when people haven't seen The Princess Bride. It blows my mind that you haven't seen The Princess Bride. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, there'd be other friends, too, that I'd be like, you haven't seen this? Right. But the general public, I, it's kind of like, all right, well, you should check it out. As much of a movie file, I am. I have higher movie standards for a select group of right, friends. Right, 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 right. 
Right. And I know I kn- I've known for quite a while that that's a movie that like in, I need to watch yeah. just to see like, like, what the hell Riley it is. hasn't seen it, but like Dirt needs to have seen that. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's not like a knock on Riley. Right. It's just like personality. You yeah. would, yeah, yeah, yeah. You would expect Dirt to have watched it yeah. more so. And now that he's a fucking teacher. He has. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he one of his options for one of his rainy day movies because Jake sometimes throws us a text like, "Hey, I'm doing this in class. Should I play this or this?" See, that would nice. be my down. That's where I would be kicked out from being a teacher. <laughs> I would literally. All right, everyone. Watching Friday. Watching from dusk till dawn again. <laughs> oh <my laughs> it's been twenty times. Take notes. Shut up. <laughs> it was a test on this Friday. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure the Princess Bride was one of Jake's Thursday, options. Thursday, we're watching Boogie Nights. <laughs> get, <laughs> oh, shit. get your packets out. <laughs> watching Boogie Nights. Fast times are after that. Oh, my God. Brina, what's your number one? <sighs> my number one, you just said it, and we Woo-hoo! tabled this earlier. It's Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights. Now, it's Fast Times at Ridgemont High. This movie, to me, is the ultimate teen comedy. The ultimate 80s comedy. There's so much gold in this movie. I could not put it at number one. I agree, and I feel like I should move this to my number two. It's not on my list because I knew one of you was going to have it. It's a great movie. It's one of the best movies of all time. I love it so much. There's so much comedy. There's so much in it. I don't think I've ever met someone who didn't like it. It's almost unanimously liked, and I have a, a ton of people that are like, Oh, I only like movies if it's brand new or if it's like a Transformers movie or if it's like that. Like, I don't watch anything from the 90s or the 80s and they've seen Fast Times and they fucking love it. There's so many universal high school, like... Coming of age experiences. Right. And that's what, to me, is is the best about this because you have those, like, she's all that, 10 things I hate about you. You know, those those teen comedies that were popular when we were actual teens. But this movie is actual real life shit like the conversations and things that like people are having in this movie i feel like are this were actual conversations that like my friends are having about sex and like you know like your guy friends that are like just really trying to fucking get out there and they have one cool friend that's like trying to show them the ropes and they just can't seem to fucking get it together you bought 40 dollars worth of fucking film you didn't even own a camera you never even talked to the girl (laughs) Just got the job at the freaking uh, the movie theater. All the actions over at the food court. Let me ask you guys this: What is your favorite song on the soundtrack? Uh, Shout out Julian who bought me the uh, vinyl soundtrack to this. By the way, oh nice, yeah, that was a cool gift. gift. Um, <sighs> well, my favorite Tom Petty song is in it, "American right. Girl." I love that song. Um. Jackson Brown, Somebody's Baby is so good. <sighs> That's the one I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. It's a mix between two songs. Uh, when so they're s- driving in their car. That's one of them. <laughs> so Sammy Hagar wrote uh, the song that's, I mean, it's called Fast, called Fast, 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 Fast Times. And it's when they do the cutaway to uh, Spicoli and Jefferson's Jefferson. little brother. And they're driving in Jefferson's car. I have it on my iPod, so you guys know. Of course, he had it fucking queued up. And if you've seen the movie, you know I know where your brain's at right now. See new Playboy. Good. Bo Derek, tits. Oh, right, yeah. So that song, 
And then when they use uh, uh, We Got the Beat. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. We got the beat. We got the yeah. beat. Yeah, they use that. That's the start of the movie, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. When they're During doing the, the montage. Yeah. yeah. That song, they do really good. They do... Uh, the way they paired that up with the scene is perfect. That's, to me, what makes that song good in there. Seeing the arcade, seeing the yeah. people at the mall, seeing like the couples walk in, you know, with their hands in each other's back pockets, them toilet papering the freaking high school on the first day of school. Yeah, they killed that. They paired that perfect. Whoever did the music in this fucking crushed it. Um, there's a song on here from one of my favorite bands from high school, Oingo Boingo. Oh, what song? Goodbye, goodbye. Yeah, it's uh, the very last song they, they use. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's so good. Yeah. I love that. The one that I just put on my Instagram story, Raised on the Radio when he's washing yeah. his car. I love that song. It's a great soundtrack. For, for Here's a little tidbit for most of you probably don't know this. It was Nicolas Cage's first movie. And he gets a very quick scene in it. He tried out for Spicoli and didn't get it. I can never imagine him right. playing Spicoli. It'd be so weird. Sean Penn, and I'm sure a lot of people think this, that this is the greatest role he did. You know, like it's so far from so many other roles he did. He's such a great dramatic actor. But this role is so good. It's so funny. That dream sequence he has. <laughs> Those guys are totally fags. Those guys are fags. What that, do you think about Mark Cutback Davis and Jungle? What does he say? Bob Jungle? I just, jungle I, Death Gerard? I, I, I'm in, we've talked about this throughout our lives 800 fucking thousand times and how beautiful the scene is. I know. And he's getting that official well, that, what interview. Is the, what does the host say? Well, that's great. It's, it's, what do you think about Mark Cutback Davis or Bob Jungle Death Gerard? And then he goes, those guys are fags. And right after, like right on professional cue, the fucking interviewer goes, that's fantastic. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and like shakes it off. That's fantastic. Oh my God. It's so good. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Okay, before I lose my train of thought real quick. So Nicolas Cage is one of the cooks at All American Burger. And you can see like one like snap of him and that's it. It's he so might be at the dance at the end. Oh it. yeah, maybe. But that's a um, there's so many lines from that movie, but that's one. There's a quote from that movie that Anthony and I seem to fold into damn near every single conversation, whether or not it makes any sense. Our older brother, by the way. And it, it literally could just be the like the tone or the way we're talking. It will insinuate it. And one of us will chime in and go, ketchup and mayonnaise. <laughs> Anthony does Please it so talk, good. He he can talking it, about the secret it's, sauce. It's a switch. Bronco burger. It's a switch. Our older brother can fucking turn on and it's off. That nasally, with nasally nerdy ketchup and mayonnaise. Ketchup and mayonnaise. <laughs> I posted a picture the other day on my Instagram, and Anthony commented on it, and all it said was ketchup and mayonnaise. Ketchup and mayonnaise. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> it's, like, it's a very good inside joke, right? Um. Oh. Think back to the football scene. The game? Yeah. Yeah. Is that, I have the beat in my song. I mean, I have the, the beat in my head of the song. Is is that on the soundtrack anywhere? Is that like a famous song? <sighs> I don't know. I can't think of what the song is. All I can imagine is Jefferson going crazy. 
Um, but the 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 movie is so gold. Every single character, even all the teachers, are funny. The weird science teacher, Mister mm-hmm. Hall, is great. There's no birthday party in here for me. Everyone everyone has a good character arc, right? I'm, Everybody I, does. I'm ju- yeah, I'm just starting to think like Judd Reinhold's like arc and his story is so good, right? There I, goes your ride, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> what does he? The guy's screaming on the ground. I don't even know what he says. Burned in the face, yeah. fucking hot pot of coffee. I've been, I've been watching this behind the donuts. <laughs> been watching this place. Hey man, there's no tap. <laughs> <laughs> this is so good, but yeah, that's my number one. 80s comedy rightfully so oh right. it's that's, so good it, 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 if you if any of our listeners out there have not seen fast times at richmond high stop what you're doing do yourself a favor and watch this movie immediately. can we just say all the top three can we, right. we all need to see them so good yeah. so so good i don't even know i don't even know what yours is and i know they should see it yeah what was your number one again princess, princess bride, bride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah 100 princess bride Fast, Fast Times Original High and my number one, which is Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. This is what the sequel. Gotcha. Earlier, that's yeah, what yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. the sequel was going to be. Okay. Gotcha. Perfect. I heavily thought about putting the Beverly Hills Cops on here. This is, I, yeah, this is prime, good, sexy Eddie Murphy. It's so good. It's so, this is one of my favorite characters that he's played in. Eddie Murphy has played so many different characters and has hit it out of the ballpark so many times. It's so funny. And it's not, to me, I don't know if you guys feel the same way. To me, it feels like it's a different character every time. Like, to me, I don't see even, like, Axel Foley in 48 Hours. I don't see Axel Foley in, you know, like, Coming to America. It, to me, he does a very good job of separating all very of that. True. Very true. Very true. Po- compartmentalizes characters right right and i axel foley is one of my favorite characters he's so slick and such a little fucking everything because the whole his whole character is built on all right let's see if i can talk my way out of this situation and i wonder how much of that was in the script and how much of that was him ad-libbing just every like when he puts the water on his face and then brings the the bag of things over yeah and just all that whole shit, like ten dollars. What the fuck am I going with ten dollars? I got two twin daughters. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. Is this the man who wrecked the buffet at the Harold Club? <laughs> um, can I just say a side note on this movie? I love um, Brigitte Nielsen being the villain. That's Beverly Hills Cop too, though. Oh, is that the second yeah. one? Mm-hmm. Um, regardless, it it I think she does excellent at. Yeah. Being the villain, she just looks like a fucking. Brad's his partner, right? Who? Brad. Yeah, it, yes, Judge Reinhold. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And all three of them. He's hey, he, Brad. He's the only guy besides uh, Axel is on all three of them. I love his character in that. I was just gonna say that he gets, they, they complement cl- each other yeah, really well, very he well. Gets, for the longest time, the third, the number one and number two are so similar, and then the third one's way out there. And I still like the third one. <laughs> 
so when growing up, I was like, fuck number one and number two. The third one's the best one by far. Wally World or whatever. Yeah. And our dad was like, what are you, you're, this is the only one that sucks. You're so <laughs> no, dumb. No, nobody likes the third one. <laughs> right. I'm like, the third one's the best. They're in a fucking amusement park. Do you not remember what it was like when we went to Disney World? This is awesome. You're dumb. They're printing money. They're printing money. <laughs> It was Derek's fantasy, literally, yeah. from top to bottom. Fucking printing money. <laughs> printing money and living in an amusement park. Yeah, it's awesome. And then, like, when I grew up, I was like, oh, what? Okay, that's not that good anymore. Oh, okay, this movie kind of sucks. That's, the first one's amazing. When um, when he sees Bridget Nielsen for the very first time in Beverly Hills Cop 2, and you can hear under his breath, God's a big bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love it. I it's, loved the theme as a kid. It's so... Oh, the theme song. It's so good. It, it's They use very, like, one-line, like, fucking lines in the, in the script that would never fly today, but they it's so perfect. Like, when, when they break in at, towards the end of Beverly Hills Cop 1, and like they find all the packages of cocaine inside the coffee mm-hmm. and he goes and this ain't sh- this ain't sugar either yeah like go call for backup and then that's when all the bad guys pop up and they fucking put the guns in everyone's head and they go welcome to the party and just shit <laughs> just shit like that <laughs> we're like you would never see that in like a movie today but it works seriously so- yeah right welcome to the party welcome to the party <laughs> Just like welcome to Thunderdome, bitch. Yeah, pretty like, oh my god, he said it, Superman yeah. four. <laughs> yeah. But it like it's not you don't watch that now. You're like, oh, that's cheesy as fuck. Like it still fits, it still works in that. Like it's still so good. So one of my favorite characters of all time is from the Beverly Hills Cop franchise, and it's it's Balky. Yes. What's, what's his name? What, what's his real name? Uh, what is his name? But he plays the he works at the art gallery and he's got that very thick, heavy foreign accent. Is it hello? This is Sarge. Sarge, yeah, yeah. Sarge. Sarge. But he can't pronounce Axel's so, name. And he's like, Aquel. 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 Aquel Foley. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then he can't say pertaining. Yeah, what is it? Pertaining. What is it pertaining to? What what is it about? What are you here for? <laughs> pertaining. What is it pertaining to? It's so damn funny. <laughs> and then he like brings like his assistant over to like fucking get him a coffee, and his assistant's also European. He's got like three buttons undone. What what is this? This is not sexy. And fucking Eddie Murphy. Yeah, he's and right. Eddie Murphy, Axel tells him like, "Get the hell out!" He goes, "No, I will not." Yeah. <laughs> I make coffee with a little lemon twist. Is nice. Get the fuck out of here. No, yeah, I cannot. <laughs> so funny. I love it. Aquel, Aqua Foley, Aqua. It's so good. Yeah. Fucking Beverly Hills Cop, but also it's kind of like ruined for me. Um, did you guys ever watch You? No. no. On Netflix? No. It's no. really good. Really? I watched like one episode and I couldn't get into it. Right. I did the same thing. I watched like a couple episodes and then like shelved it. And then yeah. someone was like, it's really, you gotta, you gotta push through and it ends up like being really good. Damn it. The, the dude plays Dalia a really Dalia is gonna be in the second one season. Really? Yeah. The dude plays a really good like anti hero like he's a he's the lead but he's like not a protagonist mm-hmm. and he's on a date with a girl he's trying to like get to fall in love with and they have the questions like what's one movie that you could watch over and over and his 
answer is Beverly Hills Cop. Nice. So I'm just like, uh, grown in it. It's a good movie. It is. It's amazing. It's that. Hello, my name is Sarge. That's one of my <laughs> Sarge quotes of it's all time. It's so good. His jacket he's wearing, it's a Detroit Lions 80s jacket. It's so good. He, it's like day one in Beverly's Hill, Beverly Hills he's pulling up. His in. whole look in that movie his is hair so good. looks so good. He's just, that's, that's, that's your fucking 80s leading man. Right. It's so good. good. I love 80s it. 80s Eddie Murphy. I miss so much. And now he's got that pencil thin mustache where he's like a fucking weird, like rich man butler. <laughs> you know what I mean? I wonder he's if he's good in that new there. Netflix, the I Am Oh, Dolomite. yeah. Yeah. I hope so. He's hosting SNL soon. Yeah. This that season. Be good. Yeah. I'm, ex- guys, I'm really looking forward to that. Did you guys oh, ever watch? Barrel. See? Yeah. I got about you gotta watch that. Did you got some see, shit to watch tonight. Did you guys ever see Dream Girls? No. It was a musical. No. Yeah. With Old Jamie, musical. They redid it. Jamie Foxx. Beyonce. Jennifer Hudson won her Oscar. Won her Oscar there. And uh, fucking. Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy was uh, nominated. Nice. For best supporting Oscar. And then when he didn't win, he left the Oscars. Like he got up and left. <sighs> There's certain things about him that I'm like very just curious. Like. He, I don't know if he's being a sore loser or if he is validated in the way that he reacts to stuff right. like that. Like, like his big grudge yeah. against SNL and not coming back and yeah. like being pissy at David Spade, who's a snarky little fucking, you know, marmot. <laughs> like, how do you get mad at him? Hey, <laughs> nice marmot. Right. But, and then like walking out because you didn't win an award, like. Is that because you felt like you deserved it, or did somebody tell you you were going to win and you were just really let down? Or right. You know, like <laughs> that's all he was there for. He's like, I'm, right, I didn't right, win. Fine, right. let's get out I of here. I wonder what that's like. Do you think like? But do you not like support your peers? You know, like. Right. I mean that that's a bitch move to leave. Like, right. Like that, that's got shit that happened. That's the, well. That's why I'm curious. Yeah, like the are, Hollywood elite is not that big. Where like I'm sure everyone at the after parties talk like, do you see Eddie Murphy leave? What an asshole. Right. Right. But also, I mean, I wonder if he had the assumption he was going to win or like someone told him he was going to win because there is. Remember a couple of years ago when um, who who uh, who's the villain in the first Spider-Man movie? With James Franco. No, the, the new Spider-Man. Oh, Kevin Costner. No, no. Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. <laughs> so remember when Michael Keaton did Birdman? Yes. And Kevin Costner. Who won that year? Was it Eddie Redmayne? For the theory of everything. Yeah. So whoever won that year is walking over the stage, and you can see Michael Keating, Keaton putting his acceptance speech back Aww. in his pocket. Like it's it's he expected to win. Right, because he won like a bunch of like other awards, and it's like nine times out of ten, whoever wins this French award for this is going to win the Oscar. I think Birdman also won awards. Yeah, what a ton like of awards itself. I mean. Yeah. Right. So. That contributed to him probably right. thinking that he was going to get it. Right. Which is kind of sad. But at, at the same time, it's he's in a resurgence of, his, resurgence of his career. And he did Batman. And there's nothing going bad with his life. We shouldn't feel bad for Michael Keaton. Right. And to, I think that Birdman, too, was his comeback. That was yeah. That was yeah. a big into, comeback. Yeah. He, he, I think he was in three straight movies that won, like, Best Picture or some shit like that. I will say good Eddie, actor. Eddie Redmayne as um, Stephen, Stephen Hawking, Hawking was phenomenal. I that see, movie I is still haven't seen so it. good. 
I really, really enjoyed I it. I saw like every movie from every actor that was nominated that year, except for the theory of everything. I thought I, I really liked it. He beat out Benedict Cumberbatch for the Imitation Game. That was that was a great movie also too. Also good. Yeah. Um, and there was a bu- there was a bunch of killers. Like that was the same year that J.K. Rowling or J.K. Simmons won for. Um, oh, Whiplash. Yeah. That's a great. Fuck, that's movie. such an underrated movie. So good. Yeah. I'm not a crazy big Miles Teller fan, but that movie is great. Yeah. Well, I don't like Miles Teller because I've have heard that he's a jerk. I I'm not I'm like very indifferent on him. I'm not sold on him. I'm not excited about him, but I have enjoyed a handful of his work. Mm-hmm. He like, he plays I, a pretty big role, in, I guess, in the new uh, Top Gun. That Whiplash movie is very. Um, it's impressive to me because of how simple it is, mm-hmm. right? And how good it is, like. There's another movie that's kind of on this level. Uh, it's called The Sunshine Limited. Have heard you of this. guys seen this? I've heard of it's it. It's Samuel L. Jackson and Tommy Lee Jones. And I think it's based on a play. But they're the only two, I think, in the entire movie. And Samuel L. Jackson is like the delivery man or something, but he comes over to Tommy Lee Jones' apartment for some reason, and they're like opposites. Like, Tommy Lee Jones, I believe, is an atheist. Samuel L. Jackson is like a Christian-type person. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones is a professor. Samuel L. is like the janitor. And they literally just talk about life for about an hour and 20 minutes. And it goes back and forth, like different views and stuff. Very similar to me as whiplash yeah where it's almost like a very macro view of this tiny situation that happened this one relationship right and everything is very intense and like deliberate yeah because of how specific it is yeah interesting yeah i i really enjoyed whiplash that was really good there's a lot of movies like were really good that year yeah like like that big band music I would have never like listened to on my own, but like now that I've heard Whiplash, like I, I'd listen to that. I'd go to a concert like that. I fucking enjoy the Absolutely. shit out of the shit. I think a a lot of Jesus Christ, Tabby is just on one tonight. Cat's on one right now. Um, I've always had a pretty eclectic uh, uh, taste in music, and I think a lot of my experience in like dance growing up kind of exposed me to that kind of more classical sound and like being open to listening to that kind of stuff. I'm and definitely like big band music. There's been a couple of times this week that I've came in and Nate's got candles in the living room with some classical on. So good. It's nice. So good. Yeah. That's good. We're so refined. We are, we're, refined. we're very refined over here. Absolutely. It's nice. Number one, Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. yeah. Look at uh, that segue through that little shit. Does anybody thoughts. have any runners up they want to throw in? Um, Tapio. Just knocking everything off the counter. Uh, yeah, I had an obvious one that what? just meets on our list of shit that we're trying to retire. And it's Beetlejuice. I know. <laughs> I also agree on that one. I don't think I, I think I added mine in. Like the one filler I had. Yeah. Was already in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was this was a little bit more difficult than I thought it would be. Uh picking them out. Yeah. Well, like it's it's weird what is determined as comedy because I would never like Beverly Hills Cop, I don't consider a comedy. I consider that an action buddy cop movie. I consider major league a sports movie. 
I wouldn't consider the Goonies. I consider the Goonies an, an adventure movie. Right. I don't consider the Goonies comedy. But I feel like we've talked about this before. Comedies back in like the 80s and somewhat of the 90s always had those lessons in mm-hmm. whatever, like the serious moments in them. Right. And the comedy so was like weaved into it. We we remember the really emotional parts because they were actually they were good and they hit mm-hmm. us. But most of the movie is pretty funny. Right. Right. Like Mrs. Doubtfire. Right. So good. Give me Lydia. So emotional. Love it. Give me the dark Mrs. Dalfield. Doubtfire. Give me Larry Weir. Ooh. Yeah, give me some Larry. Go back to my number five, Teen Witch. Do, do, do. Top that. Thanks, Larry. See you guys. Top that.